When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Talk Radio 77. WBC. Good morning, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, places uh, eastward, all the ships at sea, everybody listening on the 77 WABC app. It is the Bernie and Sid Show on this Monday, what the hell is it, March 7th, Monday, March 7th, that's right, uh, 65 degrees outside, what the hell, what's going on? Is that Indian summer? Oh no, that's only in the uh, fall. Uh, anyway, uh, things are uh, just, just kind of weird. How's my buddy Sid Rosenberg doing? My, my, good, man. My, my great partner. How are you, buddy? I love you. Yes, we're going to hit close to 70 degrees today. It's 62 right now, but they're calling for 68, which means it'll hit 73 before it's said and done. But I love you. Hope you had a great weekend. You and I had a couple of good conversations uh, from Friday on. And um, welcome back to the big show. Well, thank you. Same to you. Welcome back. Uh, absolutely. You know, out here on the uh, island, and this is there's a, little, a little known secret. We don't get it here. Uh, if you live by the shoreline. You don't get the warm weather. In other words, it was 70 degrees yesterday in Manhattan. If you live by the shore, it was like 50 degrees, maybe 55 degrees. It was a little warmer, but it wasn't quite what you get in New York City. A little, uh, a, a small secret that uh, people try to keep, you know, on a DL when dealing with that and the wind when you live by the ocean. Uh, just FYI, Sydney. Just want to let you know that. Well, thank you. I, I'm going to need to know that because, as you know, I am. Um, I haven't made a big deal about this, and I won't because I want to try to keep where I'm going somewhat a secret. But I am moving closer to you and closer to the beach, so those types of weather reports, Bernard, become very important for me and the family now. Yes. So everybody, uh, you know, just dummy up about that. <laughs> but then it eventually gets beautiful. It eventually gets just gorgeous out there. All right. So uh, listen. Let me just say this, uh, you know, a lot of stuff happened. Of course, today's the first day for uh, no masks for kids in New York City and New Jersey. That's right. Both so, of my children today, uh, for the first time in two years, my son Gabriel, it's a public, it's a private school, not a public school, but he will go to school without a mask. He will wear the mask. He goes to school, Bernie, with a lot of kids that have a lot of issues, Down syndrome, some of them are in uh, wheelchairs. So when he's around those specific children, it feels like he wants to wear the mask. I'm okay with that. Uh, otherwise, today will be the first time in two years my son Gabe at 13 years old will not be mashed up. But they're still going to screw uh, kids five years and under, which makes absolutely no sense. 
Your friend, Dr. Nicole Sapphire, savaged uh, the Adams administration over that. Yep. They're the least vulnerable, I mean, infinitesimally small numbers of uh, COVID amongst kids five and under. So you're going to have the spectacle of kids in daycare centers still wearing these filthy, stupid masks that they don't wear right. Uh, the, the kids are suffocating, and they're most at need to see other people's faces, whatever. So you have that today. You had uh, St. Patrick's Day parades all over the city. What? Yeah, pa- St. Pa- all over. In Why? The, in, in suburbs. Why? Because they, they get their parades in advance of the actual uh, St. Patrick's Day parade in New York City. Is that an annual thing? I mean, before oh, COVID. absolutely, yes. Wow. The, the huge one out on Forest Avenue in Staten Island. Rockaway. Had Ro- yes, is that right? Yes, that's that's where and where you're going to be probably. Okay, cool. cool. That is that is where uh, Mayor Adams decided to uh, go. The one in uh, Staten Island, Forest Avenue. They don't allow the gays to march with their uh, with their signs saying that we're we're queer. We're here. Get used to us. All that stuff. Even though uh, uh, they did that and they have those restrictions, Representative Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis, our pal. She did show up. She showed up, and uh, she says she hopes they change the policy soon. But uh, she showed up. Uh, and, what about uh, uh, our other friend, Max Rose? And I say that, kidding me, of course. Rose. Was he there, too? He doesn't even live in Staten Island anymore. Are you kidding me? He lives soon in Brooklyn, as, right? As soon as he lost the election, he just he, he, the only reason he lived in Staten Island was to run for Congress. Right. Successfully, he did get elected. But uh, I don't even think he lives it. No, no, Max Rose didn't. He would not show up. Right. Uh, I mean, to to show up at a parade where they don't allow gays to fly their uh, banner is a uh, well for a, especially for a liberal, it's a very risky thing. No, but, risky but, but he may show up and complain and uh, you know go there and protest and that type of thing. Because don't forget at this year's Teddy Atlas event on Staten Island, Hilton, a lot of big Staten Island folks, big Staten Island folks. Max Rose was at my table, so he is still considered by a lot of Staten Islanders as a legitimate guy. They they seem to I know Nicole won last time and hopefully she'll win again. I know the gerrymandering thing becomes an issue, the redistricting, but he's still a guy lots of folks on Staten Island actually like, believe it or not. Yeah, the, the ones that maybe don't realize he marched for Black Lives Matter outside a police station. You, well, tell them. <laughs> yeah, just remember that, Staten Island. He kicked the, te- the cops in the teeth when they were down and out because he thought it was politically expedient, and now, of course, he's regretting it. But uh, he did march with Black Lives Matter outside a police station. That is just, uh, that's not cool. That's not cool at all, and it's, it's a sign of cowardice. And, of course, uh, pandering, virtue signaling, all that stuff. We now know Black Lives Matter was just a, a, a con, a sham of an organization that led to, partially led to all the violence where people are getting killed left and right, mostly in minorities. But uh, we knew that. Now, listen, uh, also, I, I have to say this. A lot of people, ignorance is bliss. I understand that. And uh, a lot of people like to uh, just ignore what's happening. The There are some really, really dark clouds on the horizon. It's really, really scary. And, uh, of course, uh, well, I'll just say it flat out. It, it just looks like, uh, you know, baseball won't start until at least June. Oh, no. yeah. At least June is right. In fact, no, we're going to talk. No, 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 no. I know you're going to Ukraine, Russia. but That's uh, exactly right. But on the baseball thing, we're going to talk to Steve Summers today. He'll be on at 9.05, WFAN legend, and uh, Joe Beningo tomorrow. Both of those guys say the earliest May, probably June. It's funny because I know I've been talking about baseball every day and bring it back. It doesn't compare in terms of seriousness to Ukraine, Russia. But if you are a diehard baseball fan, it's not coming back anytime soon. But I know you're getting to the important stuff. 
Absolutely. I was just uh, going to say dark clouds on the horizon. I mean, some really dark clouds. This is uh, this Ukraine Russia thing could really, really metastasize into something we've never we've never seen before. We don't want to see. It depends. Uh, well, hold you know, on. What do you mean by that? We've never seen before. We've been through two world wars. You, you've never seen a nuclear war? No, no. Well, nope. I mean, we dropped two nuclear bombs, I That's guess, right. in Japan. But uh, two countries f- shooting nuclear missiles at each other? Uh, you've never seen that. And, of course... Uh, and then, of course, my daughter wakes up every morning, my 17-year-old daughter, Ava, on her way to college, asking me the question, are they going to get to us? Alaska's only, you know, not not that far from Russia. Are they going to nuke the United States? And I can oh, say, oh, they have the, of they course have, not. They have the ability. They have uh, over six thousand missiles. I mean, these missiles are, uh, you know, they're lo- they're old, and uh, the Russians, pretty incompetent. Uh, you know, right. when, when you think about it, they're, mo- they're they're mostly drunk half the time. It, it, they are, these are and, and but we can't take these things out of the air before they would get to the United States. Like we we have stuff that would let us know if they fired a missile, wouldn't we? We, we could take we could t- uh, take some of them. Not all of them. Really? There's no guarantees. The only thing so, that's so, stop- so when Ava asks me, should I be nervous, Daddy, about a possible nuclear attack in the United States from Russia, and I was going to be completely honest, what would I say to her? Uh, honey? Uh, well, I would say I would just comfort her. Just let her. Like, like I said, ignorance is bliss. Let her. No, but if I was no, going to be honest, if I was going to be completely honest, no ignorance. Be, completely honest? Yeah. You tell her to, uh, you know, uh, enjoy life right now real quick. Really? Because uh, you, you never know. Look, it's, I'm not saying it's uh, it's inevitable, but uh, you, I wouldn't trust this uh, these Biden uh, woke clowns to operate a hot dog stand. Never mind to broker some sort of peace. I agree. In the uh, between Ukraine and Russia and this madman. This, uh, and remember what Obama said about Joe Biden, don't underestimate Joe Biden's ability to F things up. No, we know that in Gates, you played it last week, said for the better part of four decades, he's got nothing right. But I keep hearing these stories, Bernie, about these other Russian soldiers and stuff and, and uh, generals that want to kill Putin because even they're not happy with what he's doing. So at this point, that becomes a real possibility. You have to root for somebody maybe in his own camp to actually take him out. Well, that's what Lindsey Graham said, and that's what he's uh, he got in a lot of trouble for saying that, because a lot of people say, "Hey, that's that's a valid uh, you know sentiment," but uh, a government official should not be saying it, because uh, well, they can they can misconstrue that they can use that against us in one way, shape, or form. Although uh, Lindsey Graham saying it was right on the money. Now, uh, the, some of the issues out there, of course, oil exploded. The, the price of oil is now one hundred and thirty dollars a gallon. You're going to see way over $4 a gallon gas, which is a record, starting today. You're going to see that starting today, uh, and that's uh, pain at the pump. So the question becomes, do we stop uh, importing Russian oil? Which, by the way, uh, the the amount of oil we've been uh, importing has doubled in the year since uh, Biden came in and imposed his anti-American energy policy, has doubled. We are financed. And plus, we're getting ready to send uh, the Ukraine $10 billion in aid. So we're funding both sides of the conflict. We're funding the Russian side on what, because of the gas prices and the gas money that goes to them. And on the other hand, we're sending a flat-out direct $10 billion to, uh, to the uh, uh, Ukrainians. So we're funding both sides. It really is a, an odd situation. Uh, and, of course, then you have the issue of this uh, no-fly zone, which would, which would get us right into the middle of a World War III. This is where you would have the threat of nuclear missiles flying all over the place because that would be flat-out war. 
Uh, but but rest assured, the top diplomat at the, in the Biden administration, the top woke weasel, uh, Anthony Blinken, he says, don't worry about it. This is what he said yesterday in one of the su- Sunday shows. Take a listen. That uh, could lead to a full-fledged war um, in, uh, in Europe. President Biden has been clear that we uh, are not going to get into a war with Russia. There you go. So that's good. That's good. And Marco Rubio, so he's, uh, he's on the left. And uh, Marco Rubio, of course, on the right, this would be cut 10, Lou. Uh, so people are saying the right things maybe on both sides. Listen to Marco Rubio. Look, I know fly zones become a catchphrase. I'm not sure a lot of people fully understand what that means. That means flying AWACS 24 hours a day. That means the willingness to shoot down and engage Russian airplanes in the sky. That means, frankly, you can't put those planes up there unless you're willing to knock out the anti-aircraft uh, systems that the Russians have deployed, and not just in Ukraine, but in Russia and also in, in, in Belarus. So basically, a no-fly zone, it, uh, if people understood what it means, it means... World War III. It means starting World War III. So I think there are a lot of things we can do to help Ukraine protect itself, both from airstrikes and missile strikes. But I think people need to understand what a no-fly zone means. It's not just it's not some rule you pass that everybody has to oblige by. It's the willingness to shoot down the aircrafts of the Russian Federation. Right. We, got we got it. We got it, Marco. Thank you. So, uh, Mar- you have Marco. You have uh, Anthony. Uh, so uh, keep hope alive uh, that they don't screw this thing up big time. And, of course, you also have the prospect, remember this, of these uh, these cyber attacks. I mean, th- those things can really, really screw a country up. They did with us uh, the Colonial Pipeline uh, just what, a matter of months ago, and they can do it again. So you have that. And uh, lastly, for this segment, I would mention a bizarre uh, uh, resurfacing of uh, one Andrew Cuomo at a Brooklyn church. That was yeah. nuts. That was weird. Nuts. Right. And this idiot, he, he uses the occasion in the Brooklyn church to... You know, defend himself. He's a victim of this, a victim of that. Cancel culture was the exact uh, phrase he used. As a matter of fact, play cut 25, Louie. It's not 25. Right. The 29. What are, you, what are you talking about? Play 29. <laughs> <laughs> so let me tell you my truth. My father, God rest his soul, used to say government is an honorable profession, but that politics can be a dirty business. Now, that is especially true today when this politics out there is so mean and so extreme. When even the Democratic Party chooses to cancel people that they have a disagreement with. Nothing I did violated the law. The political sharks in Albany smelled blood. Shut up. And when the sharks smell blood, then they come. They're hungry. And they exploited the situation for their political purpose. Right. I guess he saw Jaws. Uh, So... uh, (laughs) There you have that weird, uh, you know, trying to rehabilitate his image, obviously. It ain't working. Nobody's buying it. Even whether or not he's guilty of all these charges, nobody likes this guy. He's a scumbag. Right. He's a lowlife. He's a filthy, rotten degenerate. And uh, it's the only time, the only time I ever agree with Letitia James, because I can't stand her either. But when she talks about Andrew Cuomo, she makes a bit of sense. Yes, indeed. Yes, she does. Uh, you know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Right. And that's where Letitia falls <laughs> yeah. in. And uh, just uh, th- there was one bright story. There's a lot of crime. Crime is soaring under Eric Adams. It is bad. No, I mean, he's doing a great job. No, 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 he's doing great. There was a there was a, 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 a woman killed. Uh, her, her and her daughter were killed in brutal, brutal, grisly, grisly murder yeah. by some dude. Allegedly was her boyfriend, believe it or not. But anyway... Five felony convictions. He was out on parole for uh, an assault. 
I mean, they got a name and shame. This guy. No, but, listen. He tried. I mean, Bernie, the, stop. You're not being nice. They he got went a name and there. shame. Name and shame. The parole board for paroling no. this dude. No, they won't do it. No. I know they will not. He but, went uh, up there. He tried. He's got the best interests of the city at heart. Yeah, they they slammed the door in his face, and he had no choice but to tuck his tail between his legs and go home. I mean, if I hear that one more time, I'm going to vomit. The guy is a pussy. He talks big. Yeah. I'm a cop for 20 years. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And in the meantime, he's scared to death of Andrew Stewart Cousins. That's all you need to know. He really is. He's just, uh, and he's, he's afraid of criticism from the woke tards. Is what a dude lost his wallet in Times Square. He, it, it contained, believe it or not, if you believe this, $4,000. Some uh, dude who immigrated from Honduras found it, and he actually turned it in, and the guy got his four Gs back. That is the, the one uh, bright story from uh, New York City. And the question is, did that guy give the uh, immigrant anything of that $4,000? Uh, I hope he did. If not, uh, well, we're going to have to go to his house and, and steal that four grand back <laughs> and take care of the Honduran immigrant. Listen, we have a, uh, a, a an impressive guest list this morning, uh, Sydney. We have uh, Rich Lowry, of course. Uh, every Monday morning at 7.40, and uh, we have Roger Stone. This is a very interesting conversation. Our good buddy Frank Morano, other side of midnight, getting weddings like us, by the way, even bigger. He uh, he set this up with this cop out of New York, Sal Greco. Very, very interesting story. You're not going to want to miss this. Coming up at 8.40. And then at 9.05, we have, who do we have at 9.05? The WFAN legend, Steve Summers. Steve Summers. The schmoozer. Me here, you there. Yeah, he's. Uh, I guess he'll talk about everything from the uh, impending uh, baseball uh, cancellation, the games, the strike, all that stuff, the lockout. To uh, well, I, I've listened to Steve Summers during the pandemic, and he's a very politically astute dude. Uh, he is. Well, so we'll get some insights. He's on the he's, wrong team, of course, but I'm interested to hear because he does live with Robin in New York City and has lived there for a very, very long time. I would love to hear Summers be somewhat critical of Adams and the guys in charge. So we wait for that at 9.05 this morning. All that on the Bernie and Sid Show, ladies and gentlemen, on this Monday. What did I say? It was March 7th. 1-800-848-9222 is the number. Uh, we're coming right back after these short messages. Well, you got to love our graphics department right now. If you're watching Bernie and Sid in the morning, and we recommend you watch this show every day. We are simulcast for a radio show slash television show. Every morning, Gabby Lopez, Eric Salas, the whole crew does a great job at WABCRadio.tv, WABCRadio.tv. And you remember when I posed for that Iron Man magazine cover way back when? Sexy radio host Sid Rosenberg, blah, blah, blah. Thank you. Uh, well, right now they've got a picture of the executive producer, Justin Ellick, with his uh, mullet and his eyes wide open. They had Bernie in the beginning of the show on this uh, magazine cover. So I guess now they've got, yeah, there's Bernard. Look at him. Bernie looking mean and, and lean and mean there, Bernard. That's how I do. Luke Legrano looking uh, cute, very cute. That's all you got? 
No, they, they've got Luke. They've got Bernie. Yeah, that's all they've got for you. Uh, Rachel. Even the engineer Rachel ends up on Iron Man magazine. Well, how about that? So uh, they, uh, they do some fine work over there. And, and I keep getting texts this morning, Bernard, because I spent the last couple of days. I haven't felt well. I told you Friday I got this, 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 I think this test overdose, and my body broke out with this horrible rash. And it's been really painful and itchy and been keeping me up. I got prednisone here at the office today, as you can see. And prednisone gives me um, a heartburn. So I have to take my prednisone and then go right to Tums. It also uh, it bloats you a little bit, doesn't it? Bloats you a little bit. I mean, yeah, exactly. So, uh, like I keep saying, man, you've got cancer. I'm going to die first. Trust me. Uh, I'm dying. I had a rough four days. I mean, really I'm rough. I'm sorry to hear that. That's okay. Thank you. Uh, but, uh, you know, but then I, I, I stopped shaving because I didn't feel well. I wasn't in the mood to do it. And uh, Danny A. from the movie Gemini Lounge reached out to me yesterday. And he said, Good. It looks like you're preparing for your part because they've told me now for weeks, don't shave, grow your hair, all this stuff. I'm like, Danny, baby, I got a real job. The St. De Niro in Raging Bull. I'm on TV every morning with Bernie in New York City. I can't start looking haggard two weeks before we start shooting the movie. So I looked haggard yesterday. I did shave today. Folks are like, what are you doing? What about the part for the movie? I'm like, we're still two weeks away. So I'll stop shaving and buzzing my head probably in about a week. And uh, next week, you're going to see me look rough. A lot of hair, facial hair, side hair, all that nonsense. But yeah. not ready, not yet, Burn. not yet. So. Not like the metrosexual you are now. Right. You're going to see a new, a rough, gruff Sid Rosenberg. A street-looking street uh, Sid Rosenberg, right. essentially. Right. right now, I'm very, uh, like you said, metrosexual. Tan, wearing my black tight theory shirt. So you wouldn't know I'm about to play this uh, haggard old mobster. Coming up in a couple of weeks. But you can see the pictures on my Instagram account, at Rosenberg.Sydney, at Rosenberg.Sydney. And, of course, the show has a great Instagram account, at It's Bernie and Sid, at It's Bernie and Sid. And the radio station has a great Instagram account, at 77 WABC Radio, at 77 WABC Radio. So I got that to look forward to, leaving for California two weeks from yesterday and uh, staying at the lovely Dream Hotel in downtown Los Angeles. And it's going to be a fun week, uh, four days of shooting, and may even drive my daughter down to San Diego because she got to San Diego State. That's one of the possibilities for her colleges. So nice. make that trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is uh, that. That reminds me of uh, the Sopranos when Tony took uh, Meadow up to uh, New England. You remember that they went to Maine. Very good to look. Yeah, to look for a college, and in the meantime. Uh, he was stalked, and uh, it was a great episode. Didn't he kill somebody at the yeah, gas he, station? He, he killed the guy who was stalking him, yeah. <laughs> it was terrific. And, of course, Meadow was completely oblivious to all that stuff that was happening. And right, that, right. made the show so great. You know, it's it funny was, you mentioned the show because I said to Justin Alec this morning, I said, Justin, I've got a really good show I want you to start watching, which I'll tell the audience about later on today. I do that about once a week. And he goes, Sid, I'm still watching The Sopranos. And I know that, like, your son, for example, Bernie, he's into it. and Twice. Twice he binge-watched it. Really? In, in his 20s, yes. So, it's, you know, the other day on Netflix, for example, I went to look up for a certain movie, and I saw all these old movies that are now the quote-unquote most watched. And I'm saying to myself, that's Bernie's son. That's Justin Ellick. That's the next generation that hasn't seen Scarface, that hasn't seen Goodfellas, that hasn't seen Sopranos. And they're all watching it now. 
And, and you're one of those guys. You love uh, Sopranos, right? I do love Sopranos. I actually took a little break in the middle of it to uh, get, get in, well that that too, but but also get into um, <laughs> just <laughs> <laughs> it was very good to get into Yellowstone. So I finished all the Yellowstone, and then I actually finished all all of. Uh, 1883, like season you one. You did? Yeah. And then I, and now I'm back into The Sopranos. Give, give me 1883. Give me one to ten. And don't, don't get crazy. I would say, um, you know, you have to be able to uh, – it's very realistic for the time. So you, you, you follow these um, these uh, I'm cowboys. I'm actually one to ten. I don't understand. What, what is this? No, but you follow them going cross country, so it's slow. You know? Slow. It's like, right. it's like you're riding on horseback with them across the country, and so it's, it's slow. Do you see Faith Hill naked? No. Uh, not yet. Boring. Least. All right, sounds boring to me. Uh, how's this style in your eye? Want to see her? I got her on my phone right here. Style, style, my eyes okay. For one to ten, I would give it uh, yellow. Three, I would give it a a six point one eight. Well, Bernie, that's not a very high score, is that? Well, I'm comparing it to Yellowstone, which I would give oh, that's a, a, a like a, a nine plus. That's the greatest oh, thing yeah. ever. Yeah. So Lisa, your Russian girlfriend, who um, is callous. Doesn't care how many Ukrainians die. It means nothing to her. Right. She's, she's Russian. <laughs> she's Russian. She, is. she was with you this weekend, and she wanted you to go to the, the hospital, right, because your eye? She just wanted me to go to urgent care, but I was like, I'm not wasting time in urgent care. I, they're right. just going to tell me to put a hot, warm paper towel on it or right. whatever. Right? But she wasn't She wasn't uh, that crazy about it because you told me earlier she made love to you. Even right. With your, Exa- exactly. Your nasty eyeball. Even with my nasty eyeball. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You are the man. Yeah. Is he not the man, Louis? I love the eyeball, Justin. Bring. She oh. actually wanted. She actually, you know, she wanted me to. Um, she pepper sprayed me in the other eye so that it was then. Yeah. So it was even on both both sides, and you know, You're I kind of looked like I blew up. And, You're funny. Yeah. Exactly. So as of right now, Bernard, in uh, two weeks, um, I know that tomorrow, for example, you're going to go back and get some more work done. Two weeks from today, I'll be in California. Uh, I did mention this to Meanie and Chad that they want to find a studio, a radio studio, somewhere near the Dream Hotel in downtown Los Angeles that I'm willing to get up at 2 o'clock in the morning, local time in California, and do these shows. But no one has gotten back to me. So uh, until they do, uh, two weeks from today, I'll, I'll be taking the week off. But we'll see. Well, we'll uh, see. that would be great if you could get a studio. That would be terrific. But I, I, I would imagine that would be too much for you. Come on. It's going to be a long day. Yeah, it's going to be a long day. Because some of these, uh, uh, supposedly, even though they're the most lines in the movie, I appear the third most in the movie. And they've got me on set for like nine, ten hours a day. So we'll see. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. As Bernie mentioned, great guest list today. Rich Lowry, National Review, coming up at 740. Uh, Roger Stone, this is going to be a very interesting conversation. It all It's all about a cop, believe it or not. Out of Staten Island. His name is Sal Greco. You'll like that coming up at 840. And WFAN legend Steve Summers, the schmoozer, coming up at 905. But first, as always, Bernard, we've got some work to do. Correct. City traffic and sports coming up next. Right now, it's time for the 77 WABC Clip of the Day. Listen to the Cats Roundtable every Sunday morning starting at 8 o'clock. Here, John talks with uh, Senator Ron Johnson. It doesn't seem like China has made the decision not to uh, defend Putin and not to criticize the Ukraine. What say you about that? Well, it just seems like China is pretty well sitting on the sidelines. They're really not criticizing Putin. I think they might be a little, little upset that he didn't give them as much warning, but he held off invading until after the Olympics, which is what their request is. I mean, th- think about that, John, how, how, how gross and craven that is. Hey, hold off you know, slaughtering innocent civilians, invading a country that doesn't threaten you at all until after our winter olympic games china obviously is proving itself to not be a world leader on the positive side of the equation let's put it that way 
Arise. Arise. On sports. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. Well, the Nets had that duo of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving on the court at the same time yesterday in Boston against the Celtics. It still was not enough. The Nets lost to Boston 126 to 120. What a day for Jason Tatum. Put in 54 for the Celtics. This erasing a 37-point effort from Kevin Durant. Don't look now, but the Nets are now below 500 on the season with a record of 32 wins and 33 losses. Right now, they are tied with Atlanta and Charlotte for the last playoff spot inside the Eastern Conference. But because of tiebreakers, the Nets would not make the playoffs if the season ended Today, that is unbelievable. Knickerbockers get a big win out in Los Angeles against the Clippers. Beat them 116-93. to R.J. Barrett led the way with 24 points for the Knicks. We're now 12 games under 500 at 26-38. and Here was R.J. for the Knicks after the win. It was fun. It was fun to play like that. Uh, you know, I was, I was really happy, especially, you know, Deuce and, and Cam Quick really played well. Jericho was amazing today, you know, so just having that contribution from those guys was great. NHL yesterday, the Devils get the win in overtime against the St. Louis Blues. And how about the Rangers? Another big win. Beat the Winnipeg Jets by a final score of 4-1. to one. Their leading goal scorer, Chris Kreider, he lit the lamp twice. Off the boards. Kreider gets to it. Kreider scores! What a goal by Chris Kreider using his speed to beat the defender. That was Sam Rosen on the call. Again, Rangers get the win 4-1. to one. Chris Kreider, 38 goals, tied for his second most. One behind Austin Matthews of Toronto for the most in the NHL. What a year for him. And no progress on the Major League Baseball talks. Sports brought to you by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Check them out today and every day. PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com. They do build America's best boilers. With sports... I'm Sid. If you had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today. 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident. Here on the Bernie and Sid Show on this uh, Monday, March 7th. TGIM is what we say on the Bernie and Sid Show. And uh, hopefully uh, you have that attitude as well. Uh, you have a job, you're going to work, or maybe you just uh, you just came home and you're drunk and you you know you splayed out on the floor and you got the app on. I don't know which it is, but either way, uh, it is a nice, beautiful, it's going to be a beautiful day. Another warm day, uh, pretty much. Uh, and they portends good things, St. Patrick's Day parades. 
being held around the uh, suburbs and the city, all these things, uh, you know, even though the specter of war, as I mentioned earlier, uh, it really is dangerous, very, very dangerous stuff. And most people are not really aware as to how dangerous things are. Because I mentioned it earlier, gas is uh, going going to go to record highs today, today, record highs. It was 401 a gallon. The record average record high is $4.11. The price of oil went up to $130 a barrel uh, just last night. So we will probably exceed the average of $4.11 a gallon today, making, making today the highest that uh, in American history that gas was up on average over $4.11. Well, I think the last time it was up even $4.00. Was uh, 14 years ago, 2008. But you're right, correct, it's 411. Sir. That'll be the all time high. You are correct, sir. Sidney Rosenberg, all over that stuff. And speaking of being all over it, uh, President Trump, former President Trump, we're still calling president because that's how we do. President Trump addressed the uh, UN in 2019, and he talked about a dependence on Russian oil, and of course, uh, we're dependent on it. Uh, if we cut off that Rus- these Russian oil imports. Uh, we will gas will go even higher, especially because we won't reverse uh, Biden's stupid anti-American energy policies. But Trump called it out uh, on depending on Russian oil in September of 2019, talking about us and the Germans. I play this just because, well, Trump, you know, prescient as always. And as he says, ultimately, I'm always right. Here he is, Trump at the U.N. in September of 2019. Play it loud, Louis. Reliance on a single foreign supplier can leave a nation vulnerable to extortion and intimidation. That is why we congratulate European states such as Poland for leading the construction of a Baltic pipeline so that nations are not dependent on Russia to meet their energy needs. Germany will become totally dependent on Russian energy if it does not immediately change course. Here in the Western Hemisphere, We are committed to maintaining our independence from the encroachment of expansionist foreign powers. And, of course, Germany did uh, change course about, what, five days ago. And they're they're no more, they don't want Russian oil any longer. They got screwed. They went all green. And then this past summer, the wind didn't blow, the sun didn't shine, and they got screwed. And they're building coal plants, dirty coal plants, left and right. And they're trying to buy uh, liquid national gas from us, from the United States. Blah, blah, blah. That was Donald Trump again, uh, you know, nailing it once again. Now, Rob O'Neill, who I follow on Twitter, he is, you know, he's a, a major anti-war guy, of course, former Navy SEAL, killed Osama bin Laden. And here he hits uh, Lindsey Graham, does Rob O'Neill. I haven't heard it, but I'm interested in what Rob O'Neill says about Lindsey Graham you know, calling for the assassination of Vladimir Putin, the butcher. Here's Rob O'Neill. Take a listen. As a sitting senator, he shouldn't be saying that. I should be able to say it because, you know, I'm a civilian now. I've done my time. And Lizzie Graham, just like everybody else in Washington, D.C., he's been up there for 30 years or whatever. There are backdoor channels through the Senate Armed Services Committee, which he's on. House Armed Services Committee, something else. You don't need to come out there just to get views. You're not trying to get ratings like a news station. He can do backdoor channels. I disagree with him saying that, but it needs to be implied through backdoor channels. But, I mean, something needs to happen. You know, I know Lindsey Graham. I wish I knew what he was thinking. You know, lately there's been a lot of people on Capitol Hill, both sides of the aisle, that don't really know what the hell they're talking about. 
Well, there you have it. No, uh, there you have you. nothing. What is he talking about? I mean, so what? I happen to agree with Lindsey Graham. Somebody needs to take this mother effer out. What is Rob O'Neill getting well, all no, crazy about? He, he, Rob O'Neill just said that he agreed with him as well. It's just that uh, he doesn't think that Lindsey Graham should be the guy saying Why it not? publicly. Why not? Well, because it gives uh, Putin uh, an excuse to do things and, and cite, well, Lindsey nah, Graham nah, said nah. I should be killed. Nah, I don't know. That's, that's his reasoning. I was just interested in hearing... Uh, what Rob O'Neill says, because he's very, it's very It's almost vocal. like Rob O'Neill is like, listen, I killed Osama bin Laden. That's my job. That's a Navy SEAL job. Don't worry about it. Stay out of it. Almost sounds like he's being protective of what he did, which is kind of silly. So I love Rob O'Neill. He's an American hero. I thought he sounded stupid there. Well, you're going to have a chance to tell him that because he's got a new book out. And uh, we're going to get him on. Good. And, and uh, it, it'll be an interesting. And, and you know I'll do it. The last couple of times you keep saying I know. Sit. I know. You've been great. You've yeah. been great. You really have. I'm going to tell him, listen, are you drunk again on Delta Airlines? <laughs> and uh, by the way, the uh, this any any senator, any politician calling for the imposition of a no-fly zone is essentially calling for war against Russia. These are the war hawks, the war mongers, even General Jack Keane, you know, the old the crusty general. Yeah, he likes on us. Fox News. I know. He, you talked to him. I remember that. Yeah. And he's against the no-fly zone because he, he knows it would lead to World War III. Also, uh, you know, what? so the, the backup plan is send the Ukrainians planes, but they can't fly our F-19s. They can only fly these Soviet-era MiGs, uh, which are older planes, but that's all they can fly. So uh, the plan is to have Poland give the Ukrainians their MiGs, oh. and we would give Poland our F-19s mm-hmm. in return. So that is the backdoor sort of plan to uh, allow the uh, the Ukrainians to defend themselves in the air. And, uh, you know, there was this uh, Ukrainian soldier. His name is Andrea, something like that. This thing went viral all over the Internet. And, he, again, this, it's really – you see the video. He's in his uh, – we'll post it. He's in his uh, fatigues. He's fighting the war. There's smoke all over the place. And he's talking to a camera, and he's railing against the West's broken promises. Remember, the Ukrainians, I believe it was 1994, gave up their nuclear weapons. And in exchange, they got reassurances from the West. Don't worry if anything ever happens. We got you back. Anyway, listen to this Ukrainian soldier on, uh, again, current broken promises and promises in the past. Take a listen to this. I want to say that your president, Biden, your president, Trump, your president, also Obama, they are bull f***ing liars because they don't want to have any business with Russia, but they have business. The Iranian ore, aluminium, come to your countries. You're afraid to clear our sky because you're afraid Russians. You're a nation of the f***ing liars. We give our nuclear power for your guarantees. Your guarantees is nothing. We have many hundred dead children. Children, not people, children. I don't know where is my family nowadays. But you say about the sanctions. Your sanctions do not save our lives. You're afraid the Russians. That's why you are not, you're nothing. You are not superpower country. You bull****. Excuse me, but it's true. That's funny, man. That's funny right there. You are not superpower country. <laughs> you are bullshizzle. Excuse me, but it's true. It's true. Uh, yeah, they're angry over there, but... Uh, I mean, what are, we, what are you going to do? I mean, we're, we're getting into World War Three. I mean, we, we, we can't do that. We just can't. I'm sorry. You're not part of NATO. And uh, I, I feel your pain. But uh, that th- these are realities. There was a, a great uh, night of fights. I, mi- I didn't miss any of these fights. Uh, the UFC 272 uh, from Las Vegas on Saturday night. It was really good. 
The main card was Colby Covington versus Jorge Masvidal, former buddies, two big-time Trump supporters. We'll get to them in a minute. But in the meantime, uh, the first fight was a uh, Ukrainian fighter fighting some, some, some woman from Kazakhstan or something like that. Anyway, she won, but she made an impassioned plea during her, you know, the, the interview with Joe Rogan after the fight. Uh, listen to this Ukrainian fighter who won Saturday night. Take a listen to this. You know, I, my country has war right now, and my family in Ukraine. I have hard week. I worry. I'm crying because my family right now in bad situation. And thank you for everyone for message me, support me, because it week was hard for me. I want to cry because this war my country is. Thank you, everyone. Oh. Oh, man. Damn. I feel, I feel bad. I feel bad for these people. No, it's terrible. Who is that lady from, uh, I saw that movie. I really liked it with Halle Berry, the UFC bruised. movie. Bruised. Where? Was bruised. Very good, yes. Bruised, yeah. But at the very end of the movie, she bites a real champ. That lady with the blonde hair. Oh, uh, That is yes. Valentina Shevchenko. Where That's is she right. from? Russia. Oh, she's Russian. Okay. Russia, bro. That's why she's laying low. She's the enemy. Know? Yeah, and she's probably pro. Uh, well, who knows? There you don't know, right? It's a lot of Russian. I'll tell you who's actually Ukrainian, too. Protest. Oh, yes. Also Ukrainian. Very beautiful young actress. Give you a hint. She used to date Justin Timberlake. She is currently married to Ashton Kutcher. She's just Ukrainian, just, and they're Milo, raising uh, a ton of money. Milo Kunis. Very good. Milo Kunis. See, I know what time it is. Now, you listen. do. Listen to this, uh, this uh, kid from Arkansas. He beat a, uh, a really seasoned veteran called Edson Barboza. It was a great fight. He wasn't, uh, you know, he, 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 was a, he was not a favorite, let's put it that way. He was, a, what do you call it, an underdog. He was an underdog. He's, in, he's from Arkansas. He's in his mid-20s. He owns a farm, a 40-acre farm with cows and pigs and all that stuff. His name is Bryce Thug Nasty uh, Mitchell. And for some reason, first of all, during his acceptance, you know, his victory speech with Joe Rogan after the fight, he says he's going to donate half his $90,000 purse to a children's hospital. He which was is the very... favorite, by the way. Well, he was the favorite. Yes. Okay. So then, uh, thank you, Luke. So then uh, Bryce Mitchell, during the press conference afterwards, for some reason, uh, the, the reporters saw fit to ask Bryce Mitchell about the situation in Ukraine. And I'm telling you, this kid could not have said what he said any better he sounded, to me, more refreshing than any freaking stinking dusty old politician. Uh, listen to Bryce Mitchell's uh, response to the situation in Ukraine. 20-year-old Arkansas farm owner. Take a listen to this. Here's my first thought is I'm not going nowhere to fight none of these wars for these politicians. I'm staying at home, and when the war comes to Arkansas, I will dig my boots in the ground, and I will die for everything I love, and I will not retreat. But I'm not going overseas to fight. I don't know what's going on. To be honest, brother, I really don't. There's so much stuff, and I don't think nobody knows what's going on fully. There's been so much political corruption in that area. You got Biden and his son making a 
ton of money and using our tax dollars to bribe their people. That's treasonous in my opinion. He shouldn't be giving our tax dollars to that country anyway. We got veterans out here sleeping on the street and you're going to give our freaking tax dollars to these Ukrainians and brother, I don't know what's going on over there, but I'm not going over there and fighting and God bless anybody that's over there fighting and I hope that this shit just gets solved and man, I don't like war. We just don't know what's truly going on over there and I just, I pray all those people are safe. And he's so right. He's so right. I mean, the corruption the, between the Bidens and the Ukrainians, and the, make no mistake about it. Ukraine is a very, very corrupt country, and so is Russia. So you don't know what, uh, what dynamics so are So is the United States. <laughs> well, yeah, you could make that argument, but not, not quite to the extent that these people are. These well, people are flat-out kleptocrats, yeah. flat out. And uh, so that kid, I ain't going to fight. I wouldn't either. Uh, anyway, uh, good for Bryce Mitchell. I love that. Uh, now, Colby Covington, for his part, uh, after the fight, Joe Rogan. By the way, Joe Rogan was, he was, I, I don't know if he was suspended or not from ESPN for a while. He couldn't do the fights. But anyway, he did it Saturday night. Colby Covington, who did win his fight against Jorge Masvidal, he welcomed Joe Rogan back. Take a listen. You're a socialist, uh, little b- this is cut 27, Louis. Cut 27. Cut 27. Before we start talking about the future, let's talk about the present. It's so great to have you back, Joe Rogan. We love you back. From the very articulate Colby Covington, blank cancel culture but he's right yep and finally uh the uh, the two uh, main card contenders uh, as i mentioned jorge masvidal and colby covington former friends and the two of them huge big time trump supporters big time so they were trash talking each other they're bitter enemies now but they did uh, uh they were vying for trump's donald trump's attention before the fight they were arguing about who trump would call after the fight listen to this you're a socialist little yeah, Shut up, bro. Yeah, you are. You f***ed off sure. the Obama phone and food stamps. Sure. And you got a sure. PPP loan. I thought you were so rich. Why'd you get a PPP loan? Don't stand up like you're going to do so anything, rich, bitch. Bro. You're I thought you were so rich, bro. I thought you were so rich, bro. Show the paperwork on that PPP loan. Bro, you're a bum, Show the paperwork on the PPP loan. Hey, you can look it up in public records, you moron. Ladies and gentlemen, go look it up. Sorry to waste your data. Look it up and see if this is true. If I got a PPP loan. That's why you didn't graduate middle school. It was great, uh, but they did. Trust me when I tell you, they were talking about uh, Donald Trump's going to call me. No, he's going to call me. This, that, the other. So the uh, the animosity was real. This was no, you know, manufactured. Uh, you know, uh, I hate you, you hate me for the purposes of promoting a fight. This was real, and it was a great night, a terrific night of fights. So the UFC is real, man. It is uh, what's happening. It's up and coming. I actually spent seventy five bucks to watch the pay-per-view after the uh, two-hour ESPN broadcast. And uh, I don't know, 75 bucks is a lot of money, but what the hell, it was worth it, in my opinion, my humble opinion. 1-800-848-9222. We're going to talk to Rich Lowry. We're going to talk to Roger Stone, believe it or not, a very interesting story, backstory on that. And then at 9 o'clock, we're going to speak with, uh, who, who are we speaking with? Oh, Steve Summers. Yes. Steve Summers, formerly of the fan. Uh, uh, don't ask why. Steve Summers is a very interesting uh, interview. He's coming up at 9.05, all on the Bernie and Sitch, we'll be right back.
Good morning, New York City. Welcome back to the number one Nielsen-rated news talk show, Mornings in New York City, and quite frankly, the self-proclaimed best talk show anywhere in the country. We are Bernie and Sid in the morning on Talk Radio 77 WABC with a very exciting three hours about to come your way. Rich Lowry here every Monday morning, always a great conversation. The editor of the National Review, also political, NBC contributor. He'll be here at 740. Roger Stone former Donald Trump confidant. This was uh, really set up by Frank Morano. It's going to be a great conversation all about a cop here in New York City, Sal Greco, who may never work again only because he's friends with the aforementioned, aforementioned, I should say, Roger Stone. So we'll do that interview coming up at 840. And then the legend himself, the schmoozer, talking baseball lockouts and everything New York, the great Steve Summers, Coming up at 905-1-800-848 WABC. As always, that's the number. 1-800-848-9222. Is uh, Bernie back? We got Bernie back yet? I don't no, not yet. No Bernie yet. Okay. That uh that's fine. I want to get to a story that uh, he could appreciate. One of the uh, many reasons, one of the many reasons, despite Corey Zelnick stopping by on Friday and doing a very, very good job trying to convince me, the listeners, all New Yorkers, much like Jerry Seinfeld does, even John to a certain extent, that New York is not dead and there's hope and, you know, now there are businesses that are renting spots and this is up and that's up and all that nonsense. It's dead. (laughs) New York is dead. And every weekend that I spend walking around the city with my beautiful wife, Danielle, and my two children, I am further convinced that's the case. So yesterday, uh, but, but are you convinced it's dead now? But with no hope? No, no. There, there may be some hope. I'm not. I'm not willing to stick around and wait. I don't care. Uh, but I will tell you there. So yesterday, it's like 65 degrees, and Gaby needs a haircut. So we take him to a place on 100th and Broadway, where the actual owner is a guy named Gabriel, and he cuts Gabe's hair probably about once a month. So we walk outside. Beautiful day again. Sunny, warm. Me, Danielle, and Gabe. And what do we see? Right there in the corner of 104th and Broadway, really right outside that uh, Cafe du Soleil restaurant, which you know about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a good friend. Uh, That's right. Uh, Robert Parchment, the uh, the chef. Right. There's about 10 old people out there. You know they're Jewish, the white hair, and they've got tables set up on both sides of the street, and they refer to themselves as, you ready for this? Three Park Democrats. Three, three Park, yeah. Three Park Democrats. I got to think it's Riverside Park. Central Park, maybe Morningside Park. Are I mean, those the three? Just, why even identify yourself as anybody? Exactly. So they have the exa- you could I could not agree more. And on these tables, first of all, they got these old people walking around with, with like these uh, clipboards. They want you to sign up to join this group. And on these tables, they've got all these pamphlets. Uh, for who? For who do you think? Jerry Nadler, Rosie O'Donnell's fat brother. Yeah. Some other guy named Jackson. So I got to walk by on a Sunday afternoon. I can't stand the Democrats. I hate them. I don't believe there are enough common sense Democrats. Not to fight with John, because I love John like my father. There aren't enough. I hate them. So I got to see these old Jewish people on a Sunday morning, on a beautiful day, setting up tables all over my neighborhood with all these losers like Jerry Nadler trying to get me to sign it. So the first guy walks over. I just wave my finger. The Kembe Matumbo style. No, 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 no. Second guy walks over, and Gabe goes to my wife. He goes, Daddy's getting mad. (laughs) 
<laughs> Second guy walks over. I go, no, thanks. By the time the third guy walked over, I was like, please do me a favor. Get out of my face. Oh, guy. Danielle's like, come on. You got to go that way. I go, this is the third guy in like three minutes. I want to take a walk on a Sunday. Leave me alone. I hate you. Democrats are ruining this country. Leave me alone. You know what you should have done is taken Danielle and Gabe home, uh, walk back in some ratty clothes, and then pull your pants down, squat down, and just defecate right in front of them all. Because uh, that's that's what they've... That that's what they've come to uh, I like normalize. They like yeah. that. Yeah. They, they would say, "Oh, you poor guy. Yeah, what yeah. can we do to help you?" You're right. And I uh. and yes, I didn't shave and I looked kind of haggard and rough. Anyway, they would have felt badly for me. They would have thought some homeless exactly. guy. They, they would you you'd be their hero. <laughs> you, you would be it's one of their homes, no doubt. That evening, uh, eating the best, uh, you know, rugula in town. That's funny. That's I should have done you, that. You're you right. Know, here's here's your biggest mistake. I would say uh, you were living downtown. Yes, and. Uh, your biggest mistake was moving to the Upper West Side no, as opposed, you, say, to the Upper East Side. You're, you're, you're right. Uh, now, downtown, we lived by Hanover Square, and we lived in a great building. We were, you know, steps away, as you know, but on from Wall Street. Actually, now, it would have been good because the ferry is right there, but uh, it was too single. It was like uh, my whole building were like single kids. Uh, you may remember there was like two or three apartments in my building that had like 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 Asian whorehouses. I'm not even kidding you. I swear to God, right, 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 right in my right. building. I remember that, yeah. yeah. So it's like yeah, I got to get I out of here. I went to one. I went to one. Was, <laughs> you know. <laughs> no, it's true. Right. There were like three different apartments in my building on Hanover Square that were literally whorehouses. And my kids were little. And I'm like, we got to go to a more residential neighborhood. So we had the choice. Now, the east side, Upper East Side, Bernie, I know John and Margo live there, but it's also still very young. And we wanted to be close to the west side because Gabriel goes to school oh, on West yes, End yes, Avenue. Yes. Well, let me just uh, – the Upper East Side, of course, is where I go to uh, Memorial Sloan Kettering. Right. And it really is Yorktown in particular. It is really nice. It's so nice. It, it is It feels nice. comfortable. Yes. I mean, yes. you know, it's vibrant. It feels like fun. Yeah, but don't it, kid yourself because we go there quite a bit. We'll walk through the park on a nice Saturday or Sunday, Bernard, walk through Central Park, west side to east side, end up eating at a place like Palo, for example, on 95th and Madison. Those people are just as crazy. They're younger uh, uh, than the older Jews that are really annoying, but it's not like you, you've walked into, uh, into Trump Town. Well, all I can say is uh, that, that's my experience. I have, uh, I have a cousin who lives on 57th Street, I believe between 7th and 8th, and they absolutely love it up there. They really do, and they're not, uh, you know, woke tards. So, but that's not the east side between seventh and eighth. That's the west side. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say so? I mean, yeah. between second and third. Oh, second okay. And third. Yeah. How how yeah. did I make, make mix the two of those? Oh, well, you're on a lot of drugs. You know, I, I am on a lot of drugs. <laughs> so I got to tell you. I no, told Louis that. Side. I told Lewis that this morning already. When you asked for cut twenty six, it was twenty nine. I go give the kid a break. He's going to Sloan Kettering tomorrow. Take it easy. Come on. And so, even I'm uh, on drugs. Look, I got my tums. Where's my prednisone? Somebody took my prednisone. See, they play jokes on you. They steal your medicine in this place. Yeah, well. Thumbs <laughs> are medicine. <laughs> my, my drug of choice these days is Odone. Is that, is that what you've been doing? Is that Oxy. what you've been doing? Do you, do, you, do you actually chop it up and snort it? Do you no. take it in the pill form? How do you no. take it? Come on, bro. <laughs> you know, uh, those were the old days. I know. Uh, this, this is legit. Does, uh, that, you know. does, that, does that make you nauseous, the Oxy? No. Not at all. Not a, not in the least. No, not at all. It's just, uh, you know, it helps with uh, certain pain, you right. know, as needed, taken as needed. So, uh, 
it's not 24-7. Right. But, uh, well, you know what? Now that, that we're on this conversation, uh, you are not going to be back tomorrow, in all likelihood not be back the rest of the week? No, no. I will, definitely will not be. Uh, I've got uh, chemo tomorrow, uh, Wednesday, and Thursday. Right. So Friday usually too beat up. So we'll probably talk again on Monday, a week from today. So uh, instead of me telling the folks so they hear it from you, straight from the horse's mouth, after today, you go back to Sloan Kettering. You'll be out the rest of the week. And is this the final round of radio- chemotherapy, or we don't know yet? Uh, honestly, I don't. I, I really don't know. I don't think they know necessarily. Uh, we're going to see what happened, but uh, you know, so far so good. So oh, good. Uh, but this this has been scheduled from the jump. Uh, right. So yeah. Right. So uh, that's what I'm doing this week, and uh, it ain't exactly a, a vacation, but uh, it needs to be done. Right. Although, I mean, you get in there have a nice room, and, and they uh, you seem to uh, you relax. They, they dope you up. I mean, it doesn't seem like it's awful, awful. Or is it? <laughs> Listen, bro, it knocks you out. This, uh, it kills you, huh? It, it does. It, it, it takes me a few days, two or three days, and, and, and knock on wood, that's all. All it takes is two or three days to recover. Right. And, and again, knock on wood uh, once more. I do not get nauseous, you know the traditional. Uh, well, that's what that, that's that's the. Yeah, rap a lot. On chemo. A lot of people spend a lot of time throwing up and all that. Yeah. You're not doing that again. Thank and God. I'm knocking. I'm banging on wood right now. Right. That does not happen to me. My appetite not affected whatsoever. Oh, great, great. So, uh, so it's all good. It's all good. You know, you got to fight the fight. You know, it's funny you talk about being all good and fight the fight. So I felt like crap this weekend, and I was complaining. And I'm like, come on, Danielle, I'm itching, I'm uncomfortable, it's burning a little bit. You know, it was uncomfortable. Kept me up at night. And you were complaining? Yeah, I know. Seems hard to believe, Luke, I know. But then what I've started to do now in my older age is, is think about other folks that may be going through something worse. Maybe it's Bernie. Maybe it's a guy in Ukraine right now that his building can be blown up any second. And I find it's easier for me to get through whatever nonsense I'm going through, even if it's major. It's easier for me to get through it because there's always somebody else experiencing the same or worse. And it did help me this weekend, but it didn't help anybody else. To be honest. No, but that, that, that's really the, the attitude to have. It, it could be so much worse, and it is so much worse for so many other people. I mean, that is the rationale. That's the uh, mindset that one should have. And uh, it, it, it should work. Why shouldn't it work? I mean, yeah. You know, count your blessings, not... Uh, Count what you have and uh, how good it is as opposed to what you don't have. I mean, it's been said many times by, in v- different uh, variations by many preachers and other people. But uh, essentially, that is the philosophy one should have on, on a daily basis. And I think it helps get you through uh, all kinds of things. But you always had that. Like the one thing about uh, our relationship has been over the last six years and even dating back to the early 2000s at WFAN, you've always been that guy. You're more the uh, the half glass full, uh, more half empty. You've told right. me time and time again, even before you got sick, uh, come on, Sid, this is great. You're doing great. This is great. You've always been that way. So since you've gotten sick, it's not as if you've changed your whole perception. Not at all. Not at all. But has, not... anything, has anything changed? Anything? Uh, well, I, I, well, let's put it this way. I'm not benching, uh, you know. Two hundred pounds or right. anything like that. No, but, but I mean, but I mean more more philosophical, more. No, no, no. nothing has changed. At right. All. No, right, same uh, same attitude, same philosophy, uh, and uh, you know, uh, it helps get me through. It works. It's it's a psychological helmet uh, to think those ways, and it's, it's the only way to think. I mean, you choose the way you want to uh, you know, your outlook on life and adversity and all that stuff. You choose it yourself. True, you can make it difficult or you can make it helpful. 
and I cho- choose to make it uh, helpful. And, again, as you point out, I've been that way my whole life. Yeah. You know, you I, heard, I once heard that LeBron James say, and, and then afterwards I started employing it, LeBron James said, man, I don't care. I'm from the project. I ain't even supposed to be here right now. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I started to think to myself, well, yeah, you know what? I can say the exact same thing, and it's true. I ain't even supposed to be here right now. So uh, it could be uh, many times where I could be like an ex-con, a three times over, working at a bagel store, trying to get off an opioid addiction. By the with, way, the, uh, all, all three of those things are true for you. You are an ex-con, but they just buried that, uh, that paperwork. Uh, you've had uh, drug problems. What was the second thing? <laughs> I mean, all That's three true. of those things are true. Uh, but, and, and you did work at a bagel store. You made uh, Son of Sam his lunch every day. Well, so, <laughs> Kind of. Now, I'm actually uh, more uh, an, ex, an ex-taxi driver uh, who uh, right. made, made good. I put myself through school driving a cab and uh, always with a good attitude that, uh, you know, delay of gratification. Right now, all the kids are partying on a Friday and Saturday night while I'm driving a cab. That's okay. Right. I'll be there one day. And uh, it worked. It paid off. And, uh, you know, and like I said. I'm here right now, and I ain't even supposed to be here because I'm from the projects. Damn right. You are here, and you are great. One uh, one note talking about folks going through stuff. Uh, a dear friend of both of ours, really m- more you than me, Bernard, Joe Esposito, lost his bride last week. Friday was the funeral in Bensonhurst. And um, if you weren't able to go to the funeral, which you and I were not able to go, Bo Dieter was there, uh, he recommends you watch it. You can watch it on the um, on the actual stream from the funeral home in Bensonhurst, they are still carrying it. So if you're a friend of Joe Esposito and you couldn't be there on Friday, he urges you to go back, watch the stream, and you see him speak, other family members. And he said, although obviously very, very sad, very depressing, it was still a lovely event. So check that out if you know Joe Esposito and you couldn't get there last Friday. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9220. That was a nice conversation. Still coming up this hour, Bill O'Reilly's morning message and the editor of the National Review, always great on a Monday morning, Rich Lowry. It's Bernie and Sid just getting started on this big week of March. Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up from the NRIA.net studios in New York. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Monday, let's talk about charisma. You cannot buy it. You cannot develop it. You have to be born with it. Some charismatic people, Elvis Presley, John F. Kennedy, Joe Namath, Donald Trump, Mary Tyler Moore, Marilyn Monroe, Muhammad Ali, Martin Luther King Jr., Ronald Reagan, Willie Mays, Babe Ruth, Tom Brady. Now, there are many more, but those names you know, and they're all charismatic people. They were born with a special gift to attract other people. Now, just because you have charisma doesn't mean you are a good person. You can be thoroughly despicable. Putin has charisma. So did Al Capone, villains throughout history, had charisma. There are very few individuals who are natural leaders who can rally people to their cause through sheer force of personality. And that's what charisma really is. The most charismatic person in history 
was Jesus, a stonecutter from a backwater Nazareth, becomes the most famous human being in history. That's charisma. That is the Morning O'Reilly Update. More analysis later on. Whoa. Is it getting better? No, not really. Do you feel the same? Will it make it easier on you now? You got someone to blame. You say, There we go. One love, one life, one one need. Tonight, one love, get to share it. Leaves you, darling. You don't care. You don't have a pulse. That's uh, Bono, of course, you two, and Mary J. Blige. Copying Mary J. Blige. Elevating that song past, way past where you uh, two and Bono had it prior to her joining that edition right there. Is she, re- is she really? Yeah, she really is. Okay. She had uh, she you. she said a couple uh, more than a couple of things in the past, and we had to dredge those up because she was performing with Snoop Dogg at halftime, and I was like, wait a second, it doesn't make sense that she's not going to hate cops and be up there with Dre and Snoop. So we put our investigative team to work, and she has said many nasty things about cops along the way, including uh, "stop killing my people," which, by the way, ignorant things actually. Uh, disappointing. Uh, she's getting the stats wrong. Yeah, right. Surprisingly, uh, because she's a born again Christian, yep. she's a nice person, right. but uh, she's a douchebag. What a nice person? She said what she said. Uh, right. She was wrong. Let me just say this. But it's a uh, good song. <laughs> it is a. It's a, one of my top ten favorite songs. Hey, listen. Uh, front page of the New York Post. You have a picture of a family, innocent family, slaughtered in the Ukraine. You know what the Russians are doing? They're agreeing to uh, these corridors, safe corridors for people to leave cities. And, you know, become refugees, go to Poland, whatever. And then when the people start going, they fire on it. And that's what you're seeing on the front page of the New York Post. Really brutal, really, really bad stuff. Uh, So we were talking about Rob O'Neill castigating uh, Lindsey Graham for advocating for the assassination of uh, Putin the Barbarian. Well, uh, uh, O'Neill wants to do it as well. He just didn't think uh, that uh, Graham should do it. Here's his advice on anybody thinking about taking out the man who took out Osama bin Laden giving advice to anybody who wants to take out Vladimir Putin. Take a listen. I would just say, try to talk some sense into him. I literally think Vladimir Putin's losing his mind. Whomever's the closest person to him should say some say something. Like I said, I've been to war. I don't like war. I killed bin Laden. I'm not happy with murder. But someone needs to do something about this because so many innocent people are dying every single day in Ukraine, and, and it's a shame. It's over nothing. This is over nothing. Having said that, bin Laden had it coming. Just saying. Okay, he says talk to talk. talk to I mean, him. is he nuts? Uh, well, you know, I I, I I see Rob O'Neill on TV, and I see a guy who is uh, 
you know, he's probably uh, he's, he's tearing it up out there. You know, he probably has issues after killing bin Laden. And uh, who knows? I mean, talk to him. Who's going to talk? His, cut, cut his throat. Right. I mean, That's the only, do. maybe one guy, and I doubt this, but one guy that would be worth the discussion is Xi Jinping. Only because of the whole China-Russia relationship and the kind of the brotherhood those two have and what's at stake I would imagine Ping can maybe get through to Putin, but but kind of past that at this point. We're past yeah, no, the point no, of talking. They they are have, they have a mutual enemy, which is us, of course, the United States, and uh, Putin can do no wrong at this point uh, in in Xi Jinping's eyes, if you ask me. Xi Jinping is every bit as nefarious and evil as uh, Putin is. Although he looks like, uh, you know, a panda bear or whatever the hell. He, <laughs> right. looks, he looks like you want to give him a hug or something like that. But listen, speaking of war crimes, and you'll like this, uh, Jake Tapper. Actually, they had uh, this, uh, our, believe it or not, Secretary of State is this uh, woke, tarred, weasel, uh, you know, spineless, uh, weak Anthony Blinken. And uh, Jake Tapper was, hey, how come you guys won't say that Putin's committing war crimes? Listen to this. The International Criminal Court is opening an investigation into Russian war crimes. The U.S. Embassy said it's a war crime to attack a nuclear power plant. They tweeted that out, the U.S. Embassy in Kiev. But then the State Department told other embassies around the world to not retweet it, which is a confusing step. Has the U.S. seen evidence that Russia is committing war crimes or not? Uh, Jake, we've seen very credible reports of um, deliberate attacks on civilians, which would constitute uh, a, a war crime. Oh, yes. Uh, we've seen very uh, credible reports about the, uh, the use of certain weapons. So uh, right now we're looking at these reports. They're very credible, uh, and we're documenting everything. So uh, he pressed them, but the document, I mean, come on, he's committing war crimes. It's a, it's a fact. We're not going to go to war over it. I mean, uh, we just can't. You can't have a nuclear war. Uh, no fly zones. It's not going to happen. Uh, it's just not. It's just not that. But good on uh, Jake Tapper for pressing this weasel over not, you know, calling a spade a spade. I mean, look at the front page of the New York Post. That's a war crime. Oh, right no there. doubt, no doubt. And Killing they keep, innocent civilians. Of course, and they keep showing on television, Bernard, all morning long. This one neighborhood where there are two or three bicycles, and you can tell little kid bicycles, and a bunch of damage in and around the bicycles. That tells you the whole story. The whole story, those kids are probably dead. So right. I don't. it's kind of like Jim Comey. I'll never forget that morning ever when you and I watched that. We were together doing middays, and he had this really 30 minutes, 30 minutes telling us exactly why Hillary Clinton was guilty and then in the end refused to say she was guilty. And that's exactly what Blinken did right there. Well, yeah, we've got documentation. We know people are getting killed. But no, what, 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 what is it about these people that they make this strong argument for the case and then don't say yes? What is that? I don't know. I guess they have to watch their language. They're treading lightly. They are, uh, thankfully, they're not interested in getting into World War Three as well. But that's now. That's for now. Who knows? They could change their mind. Again, they screw up uh, everything else. No administration in the history of the country has ever, ever done more damage, screwed more things up in one year than the this, this Biden administration, and that guy is a manifestation of that incompetence right there. I mean, it's just, t- you know, they, they're bringing back the Iran nuclear deal. If they're going to sign that this week, maybe today. Yeah. You know who's brokering the deal uh, between the, the, the part between us, the United States, and the Iranians? The Russians. Unreal. The Russians. Unreal. I mean, 
And this is the Biden administration allowing this to go. I mean, it's really, it really is. Well, he made that promise, and you knew. I know we brought back John Kerry in some ridiculous climate control role, but you knew when he won, he did make that promise. He's going to reinstate that deal. So this is uh, not a shock. It's just an. It was an awful deal before. This one promises to be worse. And the Russians brokering it. I mean, come on, it's unbelievable. John Heyman tweet quickly before we get to Rich Lowry. Players union agreed to allow Major League Baseball to ban chips, implement a pitch clock, and make bases larger in 2023, subject to those agreements fitting into a total deal. Union also rejected robo-umps for 22-23 MLB goal to be able to streamline the process and add excitement to every game. What a mess. But again, as Bernie pointed out this morning in very funny fashion, as he intimated baseball, he was really talking about the real mess, which is Ukraine and Russia. With that said, here he is, our brilliant Monday morning guest, editor of the National Review, political NBC contributor, does his best work right here, 740, every Monday morning. The great Rich Lowry. Good morning, Richard. Richard. Hey. How's it going? You know, well, robo, robo umps are inevitable. They shouldn't stand in the way of progress. <laughs> <laughs> it's I could, true. Like, wh- why do we have? Uh, you know, we have it in tennis. You, you know, when a ball's in or out. Wh- why, why do we rely rely on the human eye, which is so often wrong? I'm it's like tradition. Really tradition. important. I'm with Bernie. It's tradition. Baseball <laughs> needs to fat, be fat umps. Yeah, exactly. Fat umps. You, want, you can like, have a fat guy stand back there, but just just have a robot make the call. <laughs> do you, like no, you, you really feel that way? I do. Yeah. Wow. I've been robo robo umps forever. Oh my God! Um, just because you know, why have a you know? There's a whole art of a catcher framing a pitch, which is just like getting a ball called a strike, and and sometimes it really matters. So why? I mean, huh? we, we don't need to. We don't need that. All right, fair. Catcher. I mean, you make a fair point. Sometimes they blow a, a call or a strike. It could blow a whole World Series over that. So it's it's a fair point. I just like the human aspect. I like humans. You know, we live amongst humans. <laughs> you know, we're all, we're all kind of people. Here. Um, you really, you really <laughs> like humans? Said, are you sure about that? No, you know, I'm not sure. I'm not. Sure. Sure. No. And I have to tell you, one human in particular is really starting to bother me, you, Bernie, and any any decent person around the world, and that's Vladimir Putin. And you keep hearing the same thing, Rich. He's gone from a guy that had it all, billions of dollars, even had the respect of all of his enemies. I had no issue calling him a smart guy to now a guy that everybody says the same thing. He's gone mad. He's gone crazy. He's unpredictable. World War Three, nuclear war. Who knows? What is your take on Putin today? Well, I don't know whether he's crazy. Um, he, he's he's a uh, brutal monster, and you know I think he's just going to grind it away in Ukraine. I, I had thought for a couple of weeks that eventually just tanks would roll into Kiev. I still think that, but I don't think it's going to happen soon. And I think if it does, you know, it's going to ha- take a month. It's going to take a two two month fight for that city. That's basically going to destroy it. I mean, we won't have seen anything 
in Europe like that since World War II, a major capital city, basically reduced to, to rubble. And then I guess when he takes it, then he might turn around and say, well, either I'm just taking all of Ukraine or, okay, I'm here, I won, and now let's strike a deal you know, to give me part of the country and to release these sanctions. But it, this thing has been a, a debacle and just heart-wrenching to watch. No doubt about it. It's been, it's been awful. As we look back, Rich Lowry, on the Bernie and Sid show, I mean, all this talk, uh, you know, we were we were doing so well. I mean, so affluent, so prosperous that we got into, uh, you know, stupid things like gender fluidity, toxic masculinity, you know, white fragility, all these stupid, idiotic things. And even uh, uh, climate change, which turns out that was actually, uh, you know, allowing us, enabling us to commit suicide because, yeah. as you know, Rich Lowry, uh, we are actually funding the Russian war effort over there in the Ukraine. I mean, uh, we're sending money back to them, and so is uh, Europe. Uh, so the, the whole climate change and the, and the uh, depending, as gas, by the way, will go into record levels per gallon today, over four, like over $4.11. That would be the record. Uh, so what are your thoughts on stopping the Russian oil coming into the United States? I think we should do it, you know, and I, I think we can pump more. I mean, we're in the position of basically that Saudi Arabia used to be, and we, we have access to so much oil and gas now. There's just no excuse. There's no excuse for importing any of the Russia Russian oil. And you're right that th- this is panic over the climate was Vladimir Putin's greatest friend because it drove this idiotic policy in Europe that made Europe dependent on uh, Russian oil and gas. It prompted... Uh, Germany they actually did this over panic over the disaster in Japan, but they they ended their their uh, their, their nuclear program, and it was just it was obviously foolish and dumb, and everyone told them so, and now that they're they're reaping the whirlwind. But we we apparently there are reports now the Biden administration is considering cutting it off. There's bipartisan congressional legislation to cut it off, and we should. We got plenty of our own oil and gas. Let's let's drill it, dig it out, process it. And power our own stuff. And buy from Venezuela in the meantime. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In Iran, yeah. Now, quickly, Iran. quickly you, you say we should, but do you think we will? Yes or no, quick. I do. You yeah. do. Okay. Uh, let's move now to the threat of nuclear war. At the risk of sounding insensitive, which I'm not. I get it, okay? I don't want to see people dying in the Ukraine. I got Hesh Yorgenbaum sending me audio of Jewish people being killed in the streets. I mean, it's terrible. I get all that. But, but let's be honest. We care about what happens right here. San Francisco... New York, Miami, are we in real danger, in your opinion, of a nuclear attack from the Russians here in the United States? No, but I, I think it's something we should be cognizant of now and over the longer term. You know, we have two, two geopolitical competitors now who hate us, China and Russia, who are armed to the teeth with thousands of nuclear weapons. We need the best missile defense that, that we possibly can have. And I, I mentioned this the other week. I urge people just to think about what would you do? You know, where, where would you go in your building? What, what would be your supply of food and water if the worst came? I don't think it is. I think if you went nuclear... It would be tactical nukes, you know, in in uh, Ukraine or the vicinity. Um, I, I don't think he's going to do that, but I think that would be the that would be the possibility. But but we need we need to be really serious about our defense. I mean, we need to be spending about a trillion dollars in our defense as the threat was growing from Russia and China. We're actually cutting our defense spending. We got the the, the smallest navy and army since World War II. At the same time, the the threat environment was coming the worst it was since the Cold War. That made no sense. And we need to rectify that. Absolutely. We need to spend more money on our military. 
things are really, there are dark clouds on the horizon, if you ask me, Rich Lowry. And now this, uh, uh, based on what you said before, I'm assuming, I'm inferring that you are against imposing a no-fly zone in the Ukraine because that would uh, that would directly lead to us, you know, uh, with uh, shooting down uh, Russian airplanes and vice versa and Russian anti-aircraft, uh, you know, uh, armaments on the ground. What, do you, what is your position on the no-fly zones? Yeah, I oppose it. I mean, it involves it's an act of direct war against Russia. And, and some people just, they, for some reason, look past that and think it's some antiseptic action. No, you'd be shooting down Russian planes. And even if you establish a no-fly zone, most of what's happening is on the ground. So the way the dynamic of this usually works is you do the no-fly zone, and then, then you basically have responsibility for everything that's happening in the country. So then the, the next call would be, okay, we'll take out the, the multiple rocket launcher that's uh, rocketing this Ukrainian city. And then, then you're in a war over Ukraine. And, and I, I want Putin defeated. I think we should do everything we can possible to support uh, Ukraine. But, but we should not fight a war with Russia over it. Hell no. Hell no. Uh, Sydney, are you there? I am here. I want to ask you about something Bernie played earlier this morning, which I thought was great. Bernie's great. Uh, he played a cut from Rob O'Neill, the guy that took out Osama bin Laden, and he talked specifically about Lindsey Graham. Uh, I am hoping, I think most of us are rich, you, Bernie, all Americans, that maybe somebody in Putin's cabinet actually takes him out and makes all this going because we know there's lots of folks in and around him that are very upset with what he's doing. Well, Lindsey Graham kind of intimated that for some reason Rob O'Neill was upset. Take a listen to this. As a sitting senator, he shouldn't be saying that. I should be able to say it because, you know, I'm a civilian now. I've done my time. And Lindsey Graham, just like everybody else in Washington, D.C., he's been up there for 30 years or whatever. There are backdoor channels through the Senate Armed Services Committee, which he's on, House Armed Services Committee, something else. You don't need to come out there just to get views. You're not trying to get ratings like a news station. He can do backdoor channels. I disagree with him saying that, but it needs to be implied through backdoor channels. But, I mean, something needs to happen. You know, I know Lindsey Graham. I wish I knew what he was thinking. You know, lately there's been a lot of people on Capitol Hill, both sides of the aisle, that don't really know what the hell they're talking about. Yeah, I'm not sure what he's upset about there. I'm trying to figure it out. I say it on the air all the time. So does Bernie. Have one of Putin's guys take him out. Why do you think Rob O'Neill got so upset? Yeah, it's a little, it seems a little contradictory there, too. He's saying, right. this would be great if this happened, and let's back-channel it. But Lindsay shouldn't say it out, out loud. And you know, maybe he shouldn't, you know, as a sitting senator, because it gives Putin uh, propaganda. But I, I heard Lindsay the other night and Hannity defending himself, and it just made perfect sense. You know, it, this is probably not going to happen, at least not soon or on our timetable. Tame, but it would be the, the cleanest option for ending this thing, right? <laughs> I mean, you don't have to wage yeah. a war over Russia to, to end it. You don't have to immiserate the Russian people to end it, you just have someone take Putin out, you know, and, and assassinations and coups, they can go wrong, you know, who knows what would happen in Russia, but it would have the potential to uh, end this, this misery in Ukraine, this horror in Ukraine, and make the Russian people better off. So I, 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 don't, I don't see what the moral outrage is over it, and, and he has no standing. You know, Putin, I mean, he's basically a war criminal now, you know, so what, why is everyone so upset about the idea of, of him suffering what Ukrainian civilians are suffering now at his hands? It would be the ideal solution, uh, taking out this, uh, this barbarian. Rich Lowry on the Bernie and Sid Show. Rich, uh, uh, segueing to a different topic right now, this uh, New York Post columnist, her name is Carol Markowitz. She actually left New York City because of the, uh, well, because of the mask mandates. Her kids going to school, having to wear masks. 
that was the the impetus for her to leave. Among other things, the place falling apart. But she now has a column out, and she's demanding, she's urging that we hold all the politicians and uh, some of these policymakers in government, like Dr. Fauci, hold them accountable and force them to apologize for all the things they got wrong. It seems like they got every damn thing wrong as we, uh, you know, come out of this pandemic. What are your thoughts on that? You know, she's she's great. I, I love her stuff. Uh, it's not going to happen. I mean, they're never going to apologize. Um, but th- this should be a major focus of, of investigation, I think, when Republicans take the House. So how did the CDC come up with this guidance that was different than the rest of the world, that made no sense, that wasn't supported by the science, that that prompted so many schools all around the country to mask young kids when there's just no reason to do it. And now everyone's admitting it was insane, the same way they finally admitted about school closures. So, yeah, bang on these people, uh, call them out, call on them to apologize, but but they're they're never going to do it. The SNL had a great skit the other day, by the way. Did you catch this? I guess it was last weekend uh, with, no. with liberals having uh, at dinner, realizing that, you know, maybe they didn't need to wear masks anymore oh. and just utterly panicked and horrified over the prospect. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> so I, I think there's a lot of truth to that. All right, which on the way out, we'll uh, get a little lighter on the topic. We started with Robo-Umps and Major League Baseball. You're a diehard Yankee fan. Me and uh, Bernie are diehard Met fans. Excited about Max Scherzer getting baseball going. But it's starting to look really, really bad. And after their last talk a couple of days ago, they're saying now they're further away from getting this done than they were a week ago. Have any predictions on when, if, and are you upset about it? Uh, I'm upset about it. I haven't followed it too much. I don't, I don't like sports labor disputes. They always strike me as really boring, but they're morons. I mean, they're morons. They're millionaires and billionaires. They got this game that's a great game, but it is in decline. You know, it has a lot of problems. And to to cancel part of the season over, you know, splitting up this this enormous bounty, you know, they can't just split the difference. It's it's, uh, crazy. That's a perfect, perfect way to say it. You should put that in the New York Post. Quote, unquote, which Lowry... They're morons. <laughs> it can apply to a lot of different people, Sid. <laughs> oh, you are right about that. But not you, my friend. You are no moron. You're a genius, and we love having you on Monday morning. So thank you so much for the good appearance, and have a great week. All right. Thanks, fellas. Have a great week. Thank you. Rich. All right. Take care. The great Witch Lowry, editor of the National Review, also Politico, NBC. He does it all. Still a lot more to do on this show. A very fascinating conversation going to come your way in about an hour. Roger Stone, former President Trump confidant, he'll be here, 840, and the legendary Steve Summers, WFAN at 905, about halfway through the Monday morning edition of Bernie and Sid in the Morning, only right here on Talk Radio 77, WABC. I just got a text from Eric Salas, one of the very talented folks We've got working in our graphics TV department, Gabby Lopez. All those kids are great because you can watch the Bernie and Sid in the Morning Show every day. Simulcast television show at WABCradio.tv, WABCradio.tv. Bernard looks great. I've got my Fury shirt on today. And Eric Salad says, you're famous. And they're doing a good job. During the breaks, they actually play portions of my pretty popular 14-episode in WABC podcast, Citizens United. And uh, they play it during the commercial breaks. So, yes, Eric Salas, if I am, in fact, famous, it's because of the work that you guys are doing. You guys do great work in there. Those podcasts are outstanding. And, listen, I'm a e-guy. I watch all those shows. Wendy Williams used to love her. All those shows, they do not compare. 
to the work that you guys do. The, the reason why that podcast is so good has the least to do with me. I'm the first to say that. The graphics and, of course, the writing. Doug does a great job. Stephanie, so you guys do a great job. So thank you so much for that. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. By the way, those podcasts you can check out at wabcradio.tv and also on YouTube. Make sure you check it out. Citizens United, we just dropped episode 14 a couple of days ago. Still to come, Lydia Reports, 825. Roger Stone, 840. FAN legend Steve Summers at 905. Take out with some good music. Lou Rafino, kicking ass on the board. Monday, March 7th, TGIN. That's our philosophy here on the Bernie and Sid Show. We're heard every not really. We're heard everywhere on the 77 WABC app simulcast out on Eastern Long Island. News Talk 107.1 FM. Also, on your smart TVs and computers, you can check us out in studio at WABCradio.tv. I urge you to do it, by the way. It's uh, actually a very, very fun watch. And, uh, of course, a lot of news. We covered it all, two hours. We've got two more to go. We are going to speak with uh, Steve Summers. We're going to speak with, uh, who else are we speaking with? Uh, Roger Stone. Roger Stone, that's right. And Roger Stone, really, the story is about this Staten Island cop. Uh, Frank Morano got us this. This guy, uh, Sal Greco, and uh, what it means to be friendly with somebody, how that could affect your life, even if you're just an innocent bystander. Yeah, no, it's going to be a, a fascinating a sidebar story. That's gonna, it's going to be very compelling, folks. Look, uh, Eric Adams was out at the uh, Rockaway Parade. He talked about ending the mask mandates here in New York City, which uh, today will be the first day in New York City that kids can go to school without wearing a mask. Same thing in New Jersey, but this is what Adams said. And, uh, well, let's play it and opine on the other side. Masks were not only substantive to fight the virus, but it was symbolic that we were still in the fight and we were losing. That mask lifting is saying that we are winning, and it's so important to continue to evolve and say that we're going, we're going to win. People want to be out. Look at this. People want to be out. They want to enjoy their city. And, uh, no, it's not. We're back. We're back being this exciting place we call New York. <laughs> so there you have the upshot of the whole thing was we're back, which uh, we had a conversation about earlier. And uh, the opinion of my uh, talented partner is that we're not back. 
that things are uh, worse than ever. And, you know, some of the crime statistics kind of point to that in that direction. Well, I mean, there's some things that are going well. I think Corey's on the we here Friday. Bernie did a really good job of pointing out there are businesses coming back slow, very, very slow, but they are. And there's more people on the streets. And so we're seeing some things that may lead us to believe that it's, quote, unquote, coming back. But as long as crime is the biggest issue in the city, it's no good. Nothing else matters. Bingo. Who cares Absolutely. who rents uh, department? I mean, uh, storefronts. You can't the walk way, the streets. You can't walk the streets. The police, uh, they actually shot a guy. Uh, some, I believe he was 18. He tried to uh, traffic stop. He tried to run his Jeep into the cops. And they had to put a bullet in his head. And a woman was killed up in the Bronx by a five-time a felon, five convictions for felonies, out on parole uh, for assault. He stabbed her daughter in the head. It was so grisly. But anyway, that parole, whoever, whoever parole this guy on the parole board, let's name and shame these people. That should be the new M.O. in the future. Also, uh, in, in a bizarre appearance, the smug thug Andrew Cuomo showed up at a church in Brooklyn yesterday making all kinds of uh, wacky uh, defenses of his, uh, you know, of his accusations and all that stuff. Here's one of them right now. Play this uh, clip for 33, Louis. Last February, several women raised issues about my behavior. As I said then, and as I say to you in this holy hall today, my behavior has been the same for 40 years in public life. But You've been a that jerk. is actually the problem. Because for some people, especially younger people, there's a new sensitivity. I've been called old-fashioned, out of touch, and I've been told that my behavior was not politically correct or appropriate. I accept that. Social norms evolve, and they evolve quickly. And we're proud of the evolution. It is progress. All right, shut up. I'm sick of the lecture. A grab in a girl's ass is, uh, has always been taboo, and uh, that's what you did. That's what the allegation mm-hmm. was. You want to call her a liar? Go ahead. Say that. But forget about the uh, cultural norms changing. Uh, that has uh, always been taboo. Well, from the, it, go ahead. Go ahead. It, it, the bottom line is this. Okay, this is O.J. going to jail for stealing this stuff. He knows better. Nobody really gives a rat's ass. I hate to say this. A lot of those uh, accusations were beyond ridiculous. He kissed me at a wedding. He touched my arm at a buffet. Beyond ridiculous. Okay? This was not Harvey Weinstein. He got this because of the 18,000 people he murdered. This is, like you like to say, Al Capone, O.J. Simpson, so we can yell and scream and defend himself. And by the way, I don't think he was all that guilty of all that stuff. I don't. That doesn't mean he's not a murderous scumbag, because he is. He is. Uh, Just to show up uh, at a church. And actually, he's contemplating running for governor is what he's doing. He's trying to rehabilitate his image. He's testing the waters. And he's just, uh, as you point out, to use your word, he is a a low-life, mean scumbag who nobody likes. Nobody. Now, from the Sunday morning shows back to the Ukraine war on this no-fly zone, thank God, cooler heads are prevailing. You heard Rich Lowry. He's against it. None other than uh, this. uh, And this guy's always for uh, aggressive, uh, you know, military moves. General Jack Keane on Fox News. He's against the no-fly zone. So is uh, Anthony Blinken, our defense, uh, excuse me, Secretary of State, and Senator Marco Rubio. So you have the left and the right. And that's refreshing. Uh, you know, hopefully this will uh, prevent World War Three. Play cuts 1 and 11. This is Blinken and Rubio together. That uh, could lead to a full-fledged war um, in, uh, in Europe. President Biden has been clear 
that we uh, are not going to get into a war with Russia. This notion that somehow banning Russian oil would raise prices on American consumers is an admission that this guy, that this killer, that this butcher, Vladimir Putin, has leverage over us. Why would we want that leverage to continue? Why, why would we have someone like him to have the power to raise gas prices on Americans? So you have that. You have the gas prices. Rubio also against the no-fly zone. And uh, speaking of gas prices, this uh, this this condescending, uh, you know, flat-out, bust-out liar, Jen Psaki, who is the uh, Biden's press spokesperson, listen to what she said about the rising uh, price of gas, which is going to hit record levels today, not seen ever in the history of the country. Listen to what she said just last Friday. The reason why the price of gas is going up is not because of steps the president has taken. They are because President Putin is invading Ukraine, and that is creating a great deal of instability in the global marketplace. You hear this revisionism? Unbelievable. They're going to take, take advantage <laughs> of this yep. to try to uh, to tell you, uh, you know, that it wasn't Joe Biden's fault, you know, canceling the pipelines, the, the, the uh, <laughs> drilling and all that stuff. Unreal. Uh, it really is. It's, it's that's They have contempt for you. They think you're stupid. And if they don't think you're stupid, they don't care. They're just going to lie, and it's really, really insulting. And she's she's the face of that uh, all this, you know, condescension and lying. This peppermint patty looking punk, uh, Jen Saki. She's really uh, detestable. You want, you now, want to say that again? This what? Did you say this peppermint patty looking punk? Yes, that's I did. brilliant. That is yeah, brilliant. Just despicable. this is why you're in the New Jersey Radio Hall of Fame. Just, this you know. is despicable. <laughs> Now, listen, this is a senator from Tennessee, Marsha Blackburn. This is on the, these are Sunday morning show clips. Uh, she actually, you know, hit back against all that, and she nailed it. Marsha Blackburn, take a listen to her. We have weakened ourselves, and it's because the leftists, their focus is on climate as their religion. What we have to do is say common sense has to prevail in that. We are an energy-based economy. Exactly right. And uh, so are most economies. Nobody's ready for full-fledged green. If it was reliable, first of all, it should come from the private sector. But if it was workable and it was cheap and we could do it, uh, we should do it. But we're not ready for that yet. And the person who is not uh, ready with fossil fuels, and that's us, we're going to lose. The the the, the, uh, the you know the country the entity that is uh, you know strong in the fossil fuel area, which Russia of course is, they're going to prevail, and that's the bottom line. And and we we could be number one, but because of these greeniacs, these zealots, uh, we're handcuffing ourselves, and it really is gross. Uh, not, none other than this. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of this historian. His name is Niall Ferguson. Sure. And he was talking. Yeah, I know. He was talking about uh, how uh, we project weakness, you know, in the face of what Putin did in the last couple of weeks with the uh, anyway, whatever he said was so deep and so profound. But it's the English accent that makes it even more interesting and compelling. Listen to the historian Niall Ferguson. In the Cold War playbook, if one side threatened to use nuclear weapons, the other side had to say, in that case, we'll retaliate and we're not going to tell you on what scale. We didn't do that. Instead, we blinked and stepped back. And now Putin knows that we're properly scared, not just of nuclear weapons, but of a fire at a nuclear power station. The panic in Western media over that really worried me because the probability that it would turn into some kind of China syndrome was vanishingly low. When you're dealing with a nuclear power, you have to keep reminding the nuclear 
enemy. We have nukes too, and by the way, we have more and better, more accurate nukes than you, so don't even think about it. We didn't do that. So there's that approach as well, the tough guy approach, and uh, there's something to be said for that as well. I mean, uh, nobody knows the perfect strategy right now, but uh, something to think about there. Now, this Ukrainian soldier, this thing has gone viral, It's uh, and he's right about this partially, broken promises from the West to the Ukraine. Ukraine gave up nuclear weapons in 94, I believe was the year, and we were told, don't worry, anything happens, we got you back, we got you back. And also, uh, you know, Biden was talking about Russian invasion for weeks leading up to the invasion. And he said, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And he didn't do squat. Anyway, this is a Ukrainian soldier named Andriy. He's not very happy with uh, the United States right now. Listen to this guy. I want to say that your president, Biden, your president, Trump, your president, also Obama, they're bull liars because they don't want to have any business with Russian, but they have business. The Iranian or aluminium come to your countries. You're afraid to clear our sky because you're afraid Russians. You're a nation of the fucking liars. We give our nuclear power for your guarantees. Your guarantees is nothing. We have many hundred dead children. Children, not people, children. I don't know where is my family nowadays. But you say about the sanctions. Your sanctions do not save our lives. You're afraid the Russians. That's why you are not, you're nothing. You are not superpower country. You bull****. Excuse me, but yeah. it's true. Excuse me, but it's true. You are bull shizzle. Uh, I love the accent. And <laughs> a lot of what he said, said is true. I mean, it's... I, I, I can appreciate their frustration. You know, I, mean, I really can. I didn't like so, the fact that he called out Trump, though. I didn't mind Obama and Biden, but yeah. you're Trumpy liar. Yeah, he doesn't. Uh, he Trump's like not that in part. office. Trump did everything he could. What are you kidding me? I mean, he's not. He's obviously he's a consumer of some fake news because Trump did everything. As a matter of fact, he predicted. Play this Trump clip uh, that I played earlier, Lou. Uh, Trump predicted this. This is uh, this is in September of 2019, addressing the UN on the depending on Russian oil. I mean, Trump called it all. He energy independence. You know, the uh, Nord Stream uh, 2 pipeline, putting sanctions on it, stopping it. Biden reversed it. Uh, listen to him again in, in the September of 2019 talking about dependence on Russian oil. Reliance on a single foreign supplier can leave a nation vulnerable to extortion and intimidation. That is why we congratulate European states such as Poland for leading the construction of a Baltic pipeline so that nations are not dependent on Russia to meet their energy needs. Germany will become totally dependent on Russian energy if it does not immediately change course. Here in the Western Hemisphere, we are committed to maintaining our independence from the encroachment of expansionist foreign powers. And, of course, you talk about Russia and China. Did I mention, uh, by the he, way, yeah. that he gave that uh, speech at the U.N.? Yes, yes, he did. In September of uh, 2019. You'll appreciate this. I actually had a conversation with his soon-to-be daughter-in-law yesterday. Had a nice conversation with Kimberly Guilfoyle. Oh, sweet. Engaged to Donald Trump Jr. because I may have to run to Miami for a day or two in uh, April. And I said, so, well, Kim, <laughs> I swear to God, what are the odds that if I go down for a couple of days with Danielle... We can meet you guys at Mar-a-Lago. She said, great. If you come down, make sure you come on a Wednesday night because that's seafood buffet night. That's our favorite night. We moved to Jupiter, Florida now full time. And me and Junior will pick up you and Danielle. We'll go meet my father-in-law. We'll have dinner. So uh, <laughs> that was the conversation yesterday. Look at this. How about you high, that? Uh, you high roller, you. Yeah. Yes.
This is big time. I like that a lot. Hey, listen, uh, we have a lot of guests coming up, Steve Summers and uh, Roger Stone uh, at 840. So I want to get this. I, I particularly love this. U, UFC 272 went down Saturday night. It was pay-per-view, 75 bucks. Where was that? Was that Vegas? It was Vegas. Uh, the, the first uh, two hours was actually on, on ESPN. And this fighter named Bryce Mitchell, he's from Arkansas, he owns a farm. He has cows. He has pigs. And he's just a regular guy in Arkansas. For some reason, he donated a lot of money, half his purse, to a, a children's hospital. But uh, then afterwards, for some reason, uh, the reporters saw fit to ask him about the situation in Ukraine. And he spoke about that situation uh, with such clarity, even though he says, and you'll hear him say it, I know n- nothing about it, but uh, apparently he knows something. Just listen to what he said, and he uh, nails it. Take a listen to Bryce Mitchell, a UFC fighter, who won his fight, by the way, even though he was the underdog. Take it away. Here's my first thought is I'm not going nowhere to fight none of these wars for these politicians. I'm staying at home, and when the war comes to Arkansas, I will dig my boots in the ground, and I will die for everything I love, and I will not retreat. But I'm not going overseas to fight. I don't know what's going on. To be honest, brother, I really don't. There's so much stuff, and I don't think nobody knows what's going on fully. There's been so much political corruption in that area. You got Biden and his son making a ton of money and using our tax dollars to bribe their people. That's treasonous, in my opinion. He shouldn't be giving our tax dollars to that country anyway. We got veterans out here sleeping on the street, and you're going to give our freaking tax dollars to these Ukrainians? And, brother, I don't know what's going on over there, but... I'm not going over there and fighting, and God bless anybody that's over there fighting, and I hope that this just gets solved. And, man, I don't like war. We just don't know what's truly going on over there, and I just I pray all those people are safe. And it just highlights the lost credibility of our government after Vietnam, Iraq, et cetera, et cetera, and Afghanistan. That, and also I will point out, that what he said about uh, the the Bidens and Ukraine and Zelensky and even the R- Russia as well, the corruption, a hunter getting three and a half million dollars from the wife of uh, the mayor of Moscow. By the way, they they impeached Donald Trump for asking the same question: What was yep. going on with the yep. corruption over there? Yep. They impeached him for it. Right. So that's how screwed up things are. But I mean, think about that: they, they impeached Donald Trump for asking the question, but the guy that actually did it. Is right. in power right now. Exactly. And this kid nailed it. Uh, he nailed it hard. So Bryce Mitchell uh, from Arkansas, good on you. 1-800-848-9222. We're going to talk to uh, Lydia Serrani, then Roger Stone, then Steve Summers. Uh, do I have the order right? 100% nailed it. On the Bernie and Sid Show. We're coming right back, folks. This is Lydia Reports on 77 WABC. Here's Lydia Serrani. I'm sure you guys notice it where you live, but here in Westchester County, gas is well over $4 uh, a gallon for regular unleaded. Global oil prices have spiked more than 60%, not since the start of the war, since the start of 2022. And it was steadily rising ever since Biden came into office. And then this morning, oil prices spiked to their highest level since 2008 to 139 a barrel. And just like John Katzmatidis had predicted back when Biden came into office with his first executive order, he said, watch and wait, you'll see, we're going to see gas go up to five bucks. And he said by mid-March, that's going to be the nationwide average. So we're exactly on track. In about a week, you will see across New York, across the country, $5 a gallon gas. So now you don't have the mean tweets 
but you have milk and everything else sky high and people barely able to make ends meet. Meantime, Vice President Kamala Harris was in Selma, Alabama to mark the 57th anniversary of Bloody Sunday. So you're like, why Why the 57th? Well, because it fits their narrative, because once again, they're trying to divert our attention from the crap and all the nonsense that they've instilled upon us to racism. And Bloody Sunday was when state troopers beat and tear gas the uh, civil rights protesters like John Lewis, who then became a longtime congressman. So take a listen to hear what Harris said on Sunday. She said that black people still don't have the right to vote. Listen. No, that's the wrong one, Lou. Wrong one, Lou. That's all I got. That's all he's got. So no, 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 no. I well, he'll get yes. to it. But, but I will tell you this, uh, just to your oh. point, Lydia. If you didn't just bring this up just now, and I'm glad you did. It's a great job out of you. And this is why the White House does a very bad job. If they want to divert our attention, right, and and make something like this a big deal on the quote unquote 57 year anniversary. How about telling somebody? I had no idea that she spoke in Selma, that she was in Selma. I don't care. And it is a weird anniversary, 57, but it's not like they inundated us with this information. Nobody knows about this. Nobody. And and by the way, to your point, it is the 57, so why highlight it? Uh, Listen, what they want to do all the time is what they want to do is Rip the scab, rip the scabs off our old wounds, That's right. and highlight them and divide us. That's, That's what right. they want to do. Yep, they do it all the time, constantly, and this is just another example. Well, you would agree, Burnham. Did you? And you're in this field, so maybe you did know about this, and you're extra prepared. But 99.99 percent of the American population, no idea what Kamala Harris was this week. You're weekend. right. None. You're right. I did see that she went there. I didn't click on it. I didn't care. But uh, but you're right. Nobody knows. Nobody cares. And 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 again. It's stupid. The 57th, I mean, wait for the 75th, the, the, the 60th, something right, even, right, or whatever. Right. It just doesn't well, make they, any I sense I mean, the whatsoever. fact she's like, if we continue to work together, to fight together, to march together, we will secure the freedom <laughs> to vote. Freedom. I mean, it's like so overly dramatic. Freedom and not only vote. do black, brown, whatever color you are, people have the right to vote. Here in New York City for municipal elections or city elections, you don't even need to be an American citizen. Nope. You don't even need an ID. Who's she kidding? Again, Stop with the BS. Just go back, Lydia, to the last presidential election. 100, if you uh, if you actually believe it, and it wasn't rigged, which is ridiculous, but let's say you do, 153 million people voted. Joe Biden, 80 million votes. Donald Trump, 73 million votes. I got to think, of those 153 million, a couple of black folks voted along the way. Uh, no doubt. And by the way, they're sending I... this bonehead to, uh, this week, they're sending her to Poland and Romania Oh get involved in uh, you no, know, they're not. To, no, stop. I swear to God, they're going to send Kamala Bernie to Poland. I swear to God, this 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 national security team, whoever they have amassed to deal with the Putin invasion on the Ukraine. I mean, I, again, I said I wouldn't trust these people to run a hot dog stand, and they're oh right God. smack dab in the middle of all of this crap. And but she's, don't you see she's the leading. The vice president should be the one she's supposed to be the backup to the president. Why is she going on missions to avert World War Three? Because we have an incompetent president. 
And you got the media that's not even alerting the American people to that. She should ha- she has no business going to the border. I, 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 she I has disagree. no business. I, I, the border, yes, but I, I disagree with you here. She should be at one of these places. I mean, ideally, if Donald Trump, for example, was doing something and I found out that Mike Pence was on the way to Poland, I'd have no issues. Zero. It's not the fact she's the vice president. She should be involved in this. It's the fact that she's completely incompetent. She's stupid, and uh, we all know... And it's a matter of record. Look it up in the National Review, Rich Lowry's National Review. She slept away to the top of oh, California politics. I mean, if Ronald Reagan was president still, Lydia, and something happened, and he couldn't, he, he was in a different country, and he sent his vice president, George Bush, to Poland, you wouldn't have an issue. So it's not that the, vi- that the VP is heavily involved in this. That person should be. It's that she's a moron. Mm-hmm. Her own father doesn't like her. Her own father doesn't like her. He's an African-American guy, and he came from Jamaica to the United States to further pursue his academic career. He became an economics professor at Stanford. Yet you, when you hear her, and her mother has a Ph.D., she's Indian-American. Yet when you hear Kamala Harris talking, she's like that, like she's been downtrodden. She's from the streets. This woman, she was born like upper middle class, if not anything. I, I mean, with a lot of money, and she acts like she's one of the people. She went out with Montel Williams. She's a joke. She's like she's an embarrassment. I mean, which is actually good she, for us. She's the black AOC. They all do the same thing. They want you to believe that they had it difficult, and whether it's her, you're right, Lydia, or AOC, or, or other folks too. Uh, they're all liars. The liars. Why not just say, "Listen, I'm a a child of a Jamaican American, a Jamaican man, and uh, he came here and looked in pursuit of the American dream, and my mother, and look at all. I'm a perfect example of the American dream and all that you can achieve if you work hard. AOC to do the same and said, <laughs> AOC, I remember she said that her mother got prenatal care from Planned Parenthood. And then when I looked it up, in the history of Yorktown Heights, where she grew up and where she was, there is no Planned Parenthood within 45 miles. She's the most full, they're full of crap. They're the most BS individuals, right. and it's really sad that Americans, like, eat this all up and think, like, oh, yeah, she's one of me. And it's like, AOC is not one of you because a girl from the Bronx doesn't talk like this. A girl from the Bronx talks like me and just keeps it real, and that's why it's it's annoying to me. And that's why I, I don't mean to pick on AOC, but she is emblematic of what is wrong with our political system just because she has shiny white teeth, shiny dark hair, wears a cute red lipstick, and she is cute. She is cute. That now she's become this kind of a media darling and political front runner that even Dick Morris says she's going to run for president. She is. She's the reason why we're funding Putin's war into uh, the Ukraine, the invasion. She is the reason why Joe Biden on the day one canceled the uh, pipeline, stopped the uh, drilling on federal lands, all that stuff, because he's afraid of people like her. So we don't have the luxury of this type, uh, you know, to, to, to suffer this type of stupidity right now because we see what it leads to. It's very dangerous. I mean, it's okay when, uh, you know, when things are going well and, it, you know, they're on the sidelines you're yapping and you can laugh at them. But now is a, we can see how serious it gets. I mean, the threat of cyber attacks, however remote, the threat of a nuclear war, I mean, that's what it leads to. I mean, it's stupidity, uh, this type of suicidal, uh, you know, policy to take away to dismantle our American energy, I mean, it's really, really bad and dangerous, and we see we see the results of that right now. 
Well, we're seeing a Biden, and there's an old expression in Albanian, you can't eat with two spoons. You know, think about it. Try to eat with two spoons. And that's what Biden's trying to do, because on the one hand, he's speaking out against Russia. He's sending funding and aid to Ukraine. But on the other hand, we're still buying all this oil from them. And if anybody out there actually thinks that because, like what Jen Psaki just said on Friday, that the reason why we're seeing these high gas prices is simply because we invade, uh, excuse me, because... Uh, well, Biden did in help invade uh, Russia into Ukraine. It has nothing to do with it. It's partly to do with that, but not really, because we saw this happening and this inflation. And we knew this was going to happen regardless, regardless. It probably just kind of sped things up. And instead of them saying, hey, let's drill here. Let's become energy independent. We've got a, over 100 years worth of oil. They keep talking. Now they want to make a deal with Iran. Now they want to talk and to Venezuela. Venezuela. It's yeah. insane. Lydia, it's it, is, insane. it is ludicrous, absurd, insane is right, lunacy. Uh, look, great report. We're out of time, Lydia. I'm but sorry. You, we'll see you at 5 o'clock uh, tonight. 5 on, o'clock, uh, John Katzmatidis. We're going to have Bill O'Reilly. We'll continue to talk about the war in Ukraine. We'll talk about how Russian media basically is dead there now. Because if you say the word war and you're a Russian correspondent, you get ready, you could be imprisoned. So there's this whole propaganda war that is now also going on. And, yeah, we're going to be talking about all that and more. 5 o'clock, John Katzmatidis, Cats at Night. You don't want to miss it. Lydia. Serrani, ladies and gentlemen. The digital dollar could give the feds control of your money. Get the digital dollar report. Call 1-800-862-6970 and also receive a $1,000 credit from Priority Gold to protect your money. Or just go to digitaldollarreport.com. Please note, the information provided does not constitute financial or investment advice. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show, heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app. Simulcast out on Eastern Long Island, News Talk 107.1 FM. Also, you can watch us on your smart TVs, on your computers at wabcradio.tv. And I believe we see the beginnings of uh, some uh, scruff on the face of the uh, male model. Uh, Sid Rosenberg, am I am I wrong about that? Sid? No, you, you you were right yesterday. I actually put a picture on my Instagram at Rosenberg Sydney at Rosenberg Sydney, and uh, I had gone four days without shaving, uh, but I shaved today. But the picture you see there, <laughs> this is actually funny, is the guy I'm playing in the movie Gemini Lounge, Dracula Guglielmo, is the guy on the left. That was his mugshot. That's my real mugshot on the right. So you can see, that's who I'm playing in the movie, and those are two real mugshots, his and mine, his dating back to the 1970s, mine dating back to 2012. Okay. But uh, you have to watch us on WABCradio.tv, WABCradio.tv, where Eric Salas and uh, Gabby Lopez do a great job every day. But the, the actual scruff I wore the last four days for the movie, I shaved this morning. I'll start not shaving again a week from today and go eight, nine full days on the way to California for the movie role. Wow. Uh, you, you're going to feel, uh, you're not going to be the metrosexual. No. That you aspire to be. It's going to be hard for me, Bernie. It's going to be, it's going to be very hard. Difficult, very difficult. Yeah. Hey, listen, we're waiting uh, for Roger Stone to phone in. 
uh, no luck yet. But in the meantime. Well, hold on one second. Roger Stone, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Was he not one of Trump's guys? Yeah, Trump actually commuted his sentence. Right, and didn't we, don't we like Roger Stone? Yeah, well, you and I have had him on yeah. a dozen times. Okay, yeah. then explain to me why uh, this guy, Josh, who's a, who uh, is a huge fan of yours and mine, he met us outside the studio here one day. You remember this kid? I uh, do, yes. He wrote a story here that he sent to me just now, moments ago, on my WhatsApp uh, line here, where Roger Stone says Jared Kushner should be punished in a brutal way. And then... This Danish group that did this documentary, I guess, the whole Roger Stone piece, has audio and video of Roger Stone cursing out Donald Trump saying, impeach the mother effort, which Frank Rano showed me this well, morning. So not, what's not going on? Not only that, he said uh, in that Danish documentary, allegedly, uh, I haven't heard the audio video myself, but he said he wants to beat the crap of uh, 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 Jared Kushner should have the crap beat out of him. Right. And that's only the beginning. When he comes to Florida, he was he was saying that that's going to happen. And then some, not only just uh, an ass whooping, but uh, some, something more nefarious afterward. Uh, look, it's based on a Danish documentary. I knew nothing about it until this morning. Uh, so uh, I can't you know definitively tell you. All I know is that uh, Stone was angry. Even though Trump commuted his sentence, he was angry that... Uh, he didn't commute a bunch of other people's sentences. Oh, give me a break. According to the Washington Post, and they have provided no uh, video or audio of this Danish documentary. So I was looking forward to hear what Roger Stone was going to say about it. Yeah, me too. I mean, as, as much as this is a wild story about this cop on Staten Island, Sal Greco, who after 14 years of service has basically been thrown away because he's friends with Roger Stone. Don't get me wrong. That's a that's a, a part of the story that needs to be told. But I really want to hear what the hell happened with Roger Stone and Donald Trump and his family. What right, happened? That, that was a little, a little more compelling than the uh, Sal Greco case. Apparently the, uh, the NYPD cop served as an unpaid uh, bodyguard for Roger Stone, and he, he, he affiliated himself or he hung out with, you know, some, somebody called the Oath Keepers. I don't even know who the hell they are. Oh, here's Roger Stone. He is here, yes. Okay, let's bring him up. Hey, Mr. Stone, how are you, sir? Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Uh, we could Good. be a lot worse. TGIM, that's our motto here on the uh, Bernie and Sid Show. But let me say this, uh, Mr. Stone, uh, you're on to talk about, uh, we'll, we'll get into this first and then maybe something else uh, afterward. Uh, this uh, NYPD officer, uh, Sal Greco, uh, we understand he's getting railroaded because of his affiliation with you. Tell us about that. Yeah, it's really pretty simple. Uh, Sal Greco is a guy I actually met a couple of years ago through Instagram. He was a great supporter of President Trump. He was a supporter of mine when I was... Uh, you know, targeted by the Mueller witch hunt. Uh, and uh, we became very good friends, came down on his vacation time uh, one Easter to visit my family and I. We became friendly and uh, he spent a lot of time with me. We went to some Trump rallies together around the country. And he did go to Washington, D.C. with me on January 5th and 6th. On the 5th, uh, I spoke at a massive rally, which was a legally permitted event, about 7,000 people. Extraordinary. A lot of fun. Uh, on the 6th, I never left my hotel room, never left the hotel grounds, I should say. As far as what happened at the Capitol January 6th, sorry, wasn't there, don't know anything about it. <laughs> didn't go to the Ellipse, didn't march to the Capitol, didn't go to the Capitol. 
it's really kind of sad because those poor souls who did storm the Capitol destroyed a perfectly legal effort to get an 11-day delay in the certification of Biden's election so we could examine the irregularities in the voting in Arizona, Michigan, Wisconsin, Nevada, and so on. Mm -hmm. Well, Sal Russo was with me. His role that day, friend. Not, 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 had nothing to do with security. He's my friend. I spoke on the 5th at a legally permitted rally, as I say. Uh, and because I couldn't hire any off duty cops, they'd all been called into work. And unfortunately for me, uh, there's a lot of people out there who don't like me. I can't imagine why. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, they, the organizing group provided security from a group called the Oath Keeper. Well, the Oath Keepers are off-duty cops, former military, and so on. So when Sal Greco returned to New York, he was informed he was under uh, internal investigation because he'd been there. And then they accused him of associating with a known felon, a convicted felon. That would be me. Well, well, you're not, but, problems you're, but you're not a felon. I'm not, exactly. Right. I'm not a felon. My my felony conviction was erased by a full presidential pardon. Now, your august mayor, Eric Adams, he writes in his book about at when he was a New York City police captain, he provided security for Mike Tyson, who is a convicted uh, felon. Not, not, not only that, but this Eric Adams, who I don't like, and neither does Bernie, to be honest, he was a cop for the better part of two decades, so we should understand Sal Greco. And not only did he provide security for Mike Tyson, Roger Stone, but he's an admitted friend. He's an admitted friend of a bunch of real-life criminals, real criminals. And yeah. once again, Eric Adams has an opportunity here to stand up for the brotherhood for another cop and has decided to do nothing about it, right? Exactly true. So now, unfortunately, uh, Sal Greco uh, is being threatened with termination. It appears that he will lose the pension that he's paid into for 14 years. Uh, he'd never, I've never paid this man a dime. So this idea that he provided security to me is a lie, uh, that he consorted with a known felon. I'm not a felon. Let me just get right to the case. He's going to sue the NYPD for $25 million. Wow. Wow. I mean, the guy, the guy is a, is a, he has an unblemished record. 14 years on the job. Well, well, Roger, can't the current, uh, we like this lady a lot, me and Bernie, the current NYPD commissioner, uh, Keyshawn Shul, can't she step in and stop this? Of course she could. But instead, she's going to be she's going to be on the jury stand explaining herself, just like right after the mayor. Right. I mean, the, this guy is being persecuted because he's a cop from Staten Island who supported Donald Trump, and he's a friend of Roger Stone's. That's his real crime. And by the way, and the mayor needs to know he'll be witness number two, one and your disgraceful police commissioner. She'll be witness number two. Wow. By the way, the idea that no one at NPD ever talks to a felon, really? How do they handle their snitches? That's what <laughs> I like to know. No, great points. And I hope he sues them for, I mean, he pulls the one of the, that Covington kid who owns half of CNN and the Washington Post. Speaking of which, Roger Stone. We have limited time. We wanted to get to this. this. Is getting a lot of play. This story, the Washington Post, putting out a story that you said you wanted to beat the crap out of Jared uh, Kushner because he influenced President Trump uh, on his pardons, on his selection of pardons on his last day, and that you want to not only beat him up but do worse things. They're implying that it's on videotape. What do you say? 
Yeah, there are a bunch of Danish filmmakers who, uh, who wanted to do a documentary on me. I wouldn't sign a deal with them. They have produced a bunch of the so-called deep fakes. There's no video of that. It doesn't exist. There's an audio that I think they produced. Now, I'm not a fan of uh, I'm not a fan of Jerry Kushner. I think he gave the president a very a lot of bad advice. But the Washington Post um, has written a four full page story yesterday where they try to criminalize perfectly legally, constitutionally uh, uh, protected political activity. In other words, they say that if you stand up and say, I think the last election was fixed, it wasn't honest, it was a fraud, that that's somehow a crime. That's their real problem. Before I leave Sal Greco, I've got to say this. This guy's got to hire lawyers. Go to helpthisnycop.com. Help this nycop.com. Help this brother. Help this son of Staten Island, Sal Greco, great Italian American. We're going to sue NYPD because uh, it needs to happen. This other thing is a hit job. You know what it really is, Sid, Bernie? You know what it really is? What's that? I escaped the deadly snare laid for me by Robert Mueller and Adam Schiff. Uh, and listen, no one's happier. I, I didn't die in prison. That's no, no one, really no one, about. no one is happier for you than me and Bernie. We brought you on a million times. We like you a lot. We help try to raise money for you. But above and beyond Jared Kushner, this piece also, Roger Stone, uh, has you really going off on Trump. How he, you know, he should right. be impeached. This mother effer right, and all right. this is that not true too? invite your your viewers to go look at the video. Can you see my mouth moving? I don't see a guy no. talking on a cellophane. I don't see, you don't see my mouth. That's true. That's right. true. It's called a deep fake. It's very easy to do. These guys did it. So I deny that I'm actually going to produce an expert today to prove it. They'd love to drive a wedge between me and Trump because they're worried about 2024. Frankly, man, if I hadn't been off the battlefield fighting Mueller in 2020, you had a different result then, too, in my opinion. Wow. Very interesting, Roger Stone. Uh, so, Sal Greco, one more time, the website to help uh, Mr. Greco out? Helpthisnycop.com. Helpthisnycop.com. All right, well, we want to help because uh, we don't like Eric Adams, and we like you. And we don't know Sal Greco, but we like him. So uh, we want to help Roger and uh, stay in touch with me and Bernie. And anything we can do moving forward, please uh, don't hesitate to call, okay? You you guys are the best. And, you know, I'm sorry I kind of filibustered here. We can call it the Sid, Bernie, and Roger show. <laughs> no, you, you were great. You, we we, we uh, got out of exactly what we needed. So thank you for that. And thank you for standing up for this cop. Great to be with you guys. You too, Thank Roger. You, God bless you. On the Bernie and Sid Show, one 800 We are going to speak to a Steve Summers coming up next. We'll be right back. Can't help but think my black tight theory shirt, my gold chain, and T. Summers missing New York is the reason why you're playing the Bee Gees. Is that right, Lou? Well, maybe the title also gives it away a little bit. A little bit, right? A little bit. A little bit. (laughs) (laughs) This is like all WFAN week on Bernie and Sid. Bernard McGurk, longtime WFAN great. Sid Rosenberg. And now, of course, you've got Lou back with the band, Lou Rapino. Tomorrow at 840, another legend. Joe Beningo will stop by, but right now, 
we've got the man, the all-time great. I mean, I've heard a lot of people do sports in my 24-year career in this business. Nobody funnier, nobody more creative, nobody smarter, and nobody more loyal than Steve Summers. Even Bernie kind of likes him a little. Is that fair to say, Bernie? Are you kidding me? I love I know. Steve Summers. We, we go back so far. We both love him so much, and it's always a thrill to have him on. So here he is. Happy yeah, midnight. Talk about putting the pressure on. He's funny. He's wonderful. He's this. <laughs> he's that. And so now I have to perform. That's right. Yes, you do, but you're used to doing that. Um, in fact, what are you doing these days, they can probably use a sports talk host in the Ukraine about now, Steve Summers. <laughs> well, if they, if they have an opening, I'll, I'll be interested. Yeah. I, I'll tell you this. I mean, uh, this is why uh, it may hurt baseball with everything going on. Never mind about speeding up the game. How do we speed up negotiations? But this is why I think the owners have more to lose with everything going on because uh, people are paying True. attention to the Ukraine. Uh, TV shows are good. Uh, we're talking democracy. We're talking pandemic. So I want to know how much is going to be for a tank of gas. So, I mean, the bottom line is, uh, I mean, there are plenty of distractions with all of this, uh, you know, uh, business or non-business that is going on with uh, Major League Baseball. Let me ask you guys a question. What do you call... A team owner who runs a business without competence or success. A uh, Democrat. How about <laughs> billionaire? Oh, billionaire. And uh, yet what? Uh, some fans want these owners to make uh, uh, more money? And, uh, and, and so I can't, you know, we were reading over the weekend about uh, Russo and again, if you have been listening to him at all, too, he's on the owner side. But he does work for Major League Baseball, the network, and I love him. Him and uh, Francesa uh, did uh, as great a uh, sports talk show as you could ever have. But the bottom line is he's really more, you know, uh, straddling on the side of the of the owners. And you can't root for an, an owner. You just no. can't. I, they're I like mean, the, they're the oligarchs. Right, of course. Yeah, I mean, it's like rooting for the tomahawk chop. <laughs> yeah. Like rooting for the wave. You know, it's there, but you really can't root for it. Well, I got to tell you, uh, where we are right now, I'm not rooting for either side because the players are millionaires. As you point out, Steve Summers, the owners are billionaires. Yep. And, yeah, Doggy was on this show with me and Bernie just two weeks ago. In fact, Mike may be on this week. And and he talked about, you know, yeah, he kind of leans towards the owners. But like you said, he's in bed with Major League Baseball. But there's not a side here that any 9-to-5 guy can be okay with, not the players or the owners. Nobody. Yeah, no, I know I understand that. Uh, but, you know, you, you, got, you got Manford speaking for the owners. And, you know, you can't trust or believe anything he says uh, regarding uh, what's happening here or not happening. You know, everything Manfred says has to be taken as insincere uh, because it's Manfred uh, saying it. You know, listen, the owners uh, uh, have made more money, and the, uh, people try to compare this to 94. You can't do that. The owners have more money now uh, than ever before, and they. how do you convince fans that the owners are not greedy? 
I mean, they just don't want to share because of gambling, because of TV money, because of uh, of tickets and hot dog prices. If they're involved with parking, you include that. And now that the uh, pandemic has made it uh, so that uh, fans could get back into into games, I mean, they're making more money than ever, ever before, and they really just don't want to share it. Uh, share any of it. You got Manford, and how about you know? We know one thing about Manford, other than being absolutely somebody you can't trust and somebody who's very insincere. He's got a nice golf swing, and he seems to find amusement uh, with this impasse, with the with with this lockout. And uh, so, I mean, never mind about speeding up the game. How do we go about speeding up negotiations? <laughs> that's funny. See, that's a good line. You came through with that. Uh, Steve, <laughs> Steve Summers, uh, former WFAN great on the Bernie and Sid show. Steve, speaking of that, just just address that for a moment for some of our listeners who may not be mired in the details. For example, they're going to get rid of uh, the umpires. Now, uh, are the players against that and the owners are for that? And, and by the way, where, where do you stand on it? They actually physically want to take the umps off the field. Uh, see, and, yeah, you're right, Sid. I, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm for umpires. I want the human element as much as possible. Uh, it, yeah, they're going to be wrong, and uh, but they'll be wrong for both sides uh, just given the opportunity. So, no, I don't want to see the robots and and all of that. Uh, we have too much uh, technology, too much uh, innovation with balls and strikes and graphics and so forth and so on. Uh, no, I would want the human element in there. And if they're going to screw up, they're going to screw up for both sides. I, I couldn't agree more. Again, Steve Summers on with Bernie and Sid here, the brilliant Steve Summers. So I remember way back when, when I started this career, 20-plus years ago, I was working with a guy named Scott Kaplan down in Florida. And, of course, everybody knows I've got drug issues and alcohol issues and all that. And he said, Sid, let me tell you something. He goes, this microphone you're on right now, this is going to become your new drug. He said, when you don't have this, you think you're going to miss cocaine, you're going to miss liquor. This is really going to send you bonkers. And in the few times I've been fired during my career, which is more than often, he was right. Like, I was really, I was lost. I needed to talk to somebody. I started tweeting. I went on Instagram. I did whatever I could to stay relevant. What is a guy like you who, even this morning, sounds like you were on the air just last night, you're still brilliant. What is a guy like, what do you do to replace the microphone? Well, uh, first of all, how do you retire from talking? That's number one. Number two, with my wife here at home, I tell her to give me a call. We'll talk, then take a break and come back and talk (laughs) and finish the subject. So I'm still doing radio, but I'm just doing it with an audience of one. And uh, and I give her the number, and she'll call me on the cell, and she'll bring up something, and then uh, I'll take a break. And uh, and do a commercial that uh, isn't sponsoring me at all at the moment, <laughs> and uh, then I get back to talking with her, and then throw it. Uh, I'll throw it to you and Bernie. <laughs> hey that. Steve, do you still uh, actually listen to WFAN, or are they dead to you? Uh, I tell you, uh, that's a great question. Uh, uh, I still listen. I try to listen to their opens, and uh, and then I'll listen a little bit more after that. Uh, to see what kind of response and reaction they're going to be getting. Uh, I've been watching more movies. I've been going out a little bit more with the wife out to dinner, doing restaurants, 
and not having a, you know any kind of a schedule, uh, sleeping, trying to sleep a little <laughs> bit more normally. Because uh, now I'm 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 up at uh, in the middle of the night. I'm up uh, watching TV or listening to the radio. And again, I mean, WFAN wanted to, but listen, it's how we all got started in the business. You're young, uh, you're a little bit cheaper, and, and again, uh, you are a different voice, a different approach, a different presentation. So I remember as a kid, as a teenager, getting started and, you know, really uh, getting jobs where more experienced people were there to get them. I, I, I mean, and we're all replaceable, and we all know what it's like to fail. And when I, the first night I was on WFAN 34 years ago, I said, I, you know, if I fail again, it won't be because of lack of effort. You may like what I do, you may not like what I do. We'll uh, try to uh, get to know each other and learn each other with uh, where we're coming from. And we'll be discussing everything. But if I fail here, it won't be because of lack of effort. The thing I'm most proud of of the 34 years there, having my father's work ethic. He came from the old country. He was a mom and pop got grocery clerk. And uh, the bottom line is he worked his ass off wow. out, uh, for a family of four. And he had that old world ethic. He didn't take shortcuts. And that's something that I'm most proud you know, over the time that I was at uh, WFAN with, you know, my dad's work ethic. I I hardly uh, took off for anything, you know, uh, uh, last couple of years. I had one urinary uh, tract infection where uh, Niagara Falls had turned into a babbling book. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I had to miss some time. Right. That but, was it. But, yeah, but for the most part, the yeah. work ethic. I was you were like, like Lou Gehrig. You were like Cal Ripken, Steve Summers, and you didn't fail. Certainly a legendary career. Man. I mean, the yeah, Iron Man, exactly right. So, Steve, you, uh, you live in New York City. You're uh, about as famous as any New York City person I know. Uh, I want you to know I've been living in New York City for six years, and I'm leaving in a couple of weeks. I'm tired of it. Tired of walking outside with my two children and seeing homeless people, feces yeah. on the street, people getting robbed and beaten right in front of me. And I live in a very high-rent district, by the way, very high-rent district. Yeah. So we're leaving in two weeks after six years. You've been here forever. I don't care who you like in politics, Democrat or not. Sure. You cannot be happy, Stevie, with what's going on in your city. Well, no, and no one is going to be happy with uh, the crime and and uh, you know where you uh, have to be very careful taking the subway or just walking the street. I understand all that, but it's still the greatest city in the world. I understand what you're saying. But, but, but why do you I, listen? I say the same thing because I'm programmed to say it. I think I'm just programmed to say that. But why is it? Why is it the greatest? I go to cities where the weather's nice, it's clean, no one gets beat up in the streets. Why is this the greatest city? Why? Well, well, uh, you know, listen, uh, it has everything here. If you can't find it. In New York, you don't need it. And there's so much uh, stimulus here. You know, I mean, there, uh, you can walk a block and uh, you'll see the whole world here. And uh, it's uh, so diverse. And I see my whole thing about diversity uh, in people, in places, things, vegetables, minerals, and animals is that <laughs> if you can't accept or tolerate uh, or, God forbid, embrace uh, diversity, you got to move to another planet. And the whole world is here. There is everything 
to experience here that's the best and the worst of everything. Make no mistake about that. Nobody ignores, you know, it's like living in a small city, but it's a small city that is the best of any city that you can think of. So uh, there's so much to touch here, so much to experience, but yes, uh, there is a wherewithal with New Yorkers. You guys have it. Uh, just about everybody living here has it. The wherewithal, a savvy, a moxie, an awareness of the good and the bad so that you be as careful as possible, which is not being weak, it's being smart. And right. if you are uh, being smart enough and aware enough, uh, you can have just the greatest life living in New York City. There's so much to touch here. So very well said. Steve Summers, a former WFAN great on the Bernie and Sid Show. Steve, your optimism uh, about the city, uh, your sentiments match uh, an old friend of yours, Jerry Seinfeld. He yeah. feels the same way about the city. He's, uh, he's you know, he's uh, all about the future and uh, the city's coming back, all this stuff. Yeah. And you, you mentioned going out to dinner. He's an old friend of yours. Do you stay in touch with him? Yeah, of course. Uh, some emails and and uh, it was always a radio relationship. Uh, he grew up really kind of listening right away to WFAN and a late night listener. And of course, he called in a number of times and and even co-hosted uh, with me a few times. So yeah, we stay a little bit in touch. Uh, with the emails. I'm not a part of his inner circle, and he's about the only name I could drop. But, but, but in it's a the big very, name. very beginning, uh, guys like Andrew Dice Clay called in, Bruno Kirby called yep. in, Tony yep. Roberts called in, Seinfeld. It was amazing. Even Joan Rivers uh, one night called in. We were talking about how my apartment was an absolute uh, dump. And Joan Rivers didn't want to uh, called in, and we double checked that that it was legitimately her. She didn't want to talk on the air. She just wanted to provide me a cleaning lady uh, <laughs> if I was interested in uh, cleaning up my apartment, which hasn't been cleaned up in 34 years. My wife, where, uh, where we live, is a dump. I just say it's lived in. Oh God, Robin. you got to write a book. That is great, the great Robin. Listen, forty seconds to go. The, the, such yeah. a these are great stories. You are magnificent. We love having you on. Forty seconds to go. The optimistic Steve Summers. Don't want you to be optimistic here. I want you to be realistic. First realistic. Day, yes, with, Major League well, Baseball. Okay. Re, Major well, League okay, Baseball returns on what day? Baseball impasse. Let me just right. say this. And you mentioned Seinfeld. It makes me think of his line about you root for the laundry. No real baseball fan can root for suits and ties. We root for uniforms, and we want to see them soon. When do you think? June 1st, May 1st? What do you think? Uh, of this year you're talking? Yeah. No, I, I say that a little facetiously. I hope <laughs> we do have uh, baseball in probably sometime. Yeah, it could be. Your guess is as good as mine. Uh, I, I hope we have more games than we had in 2020. Right. That was brutal. 60 games. Hey, uh, Stevie, say hello to Lou Rufino. It's been a while. Uh, yeah, Lou. It's, uh, I, I, I hear your name and that you're back. Uh, it's like uh, what is old is new again. And uh, and I miss seeing him. And I remember we, for five years, followed uh, I miss, uh, me and Salzburg. And Lou was there. And Bernie was there. And Charles McCord. And, and I miss and so forth. Uh, Lou, one of the greatest engineers of all time. Wow. Oh, wow. 
That's high praise. Wow. High yeah, praise from... And that's being realistic. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. Uh, Take it full Steve. circle. Yeah, thank uh, you guys for Steve having Summer. me on. A yeah. real pleasure. You guys are geniuses and brilliant. Thank look, you, Steve. Look who's talking. Thank you so much, Steve Summers. Thank uh, you guys. I, all right, take care. Uh, Sid, he's great, right? He sounds terrific. Uh, he sounds great. He should, should be, be on the air. He should still be on the air. I don't know who this kid is. I've got a WFAM, but he doesn't hold Steve Summers' jock. Anyway, 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Heck of a show, Bernard, between Rich Lowry, Roger Stone, Steve Summers. Not nearly done. We've got more phone calls. You've got Pete Bernie. Keep it right here Monday morning with your pals, Bernie and Sid. This is an I Miss song. Very I Miss. Very I Miss. Very, very I Miss. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Heard everywhere on the 77 WABC app. Ladies and gentlemen, so easy to get the app. So entertaining to have in your pocket. You put the radio station on. It's fantastic. Also, simulcast out on Eastern Long Island News Talk 107.1 FM. Also on your smart TVs, on your computers, at WABCradio.tv. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that was interesting. Uh, a, a couple of guests right there, Roger Stone and Steve Summers. Uh, very, very fascinating conversations, in my opinion. Yep. Hey, listen, speaking of uh, a fascinating conversation, a place where you spent a lot of time, Sydney. I did. Which is the free state of Florida. Yes. The free state of Florida is uh, the assembly down there. The legislature is in the process of passing a, a bill, which is uh, the, the Parental Protection Act. I believe is the the official name of it, something like that. But the uh, the woke tards out there have turned it around, and they're calling it the "Don't Say Gay" bill. And what's in it is that they just do do not want any talk of anything sexual, uh, with first through third grade students. First through third grade, I would say make it first through sixth or seventh grade. Uh, my son, let's see, Gaby is in the seventh grade, and I'm not comfortable yet, but. I can handle it. I think you're right. First through sixth. Maybe yeah. start in the seventh. As a matter of fact, maybe even all the way through school. We don't want these uh, pervert teachers, and there are a lot of them, who uh, get in into the system, and then they're the ones talking, you know, sexual matters t- t- towards kids. But uh, We had again, that issue right here in the city of Dalton. Very, very high-priced right. school. I mean, it was basically pornography. Exactly. You brought we, the story up. I remember, yes, of course, and it happens all the time. You know, like people flock, the pedophiles flock to uh, to professions where they can interact with kids. So I would say for one through th- third grade is not even enough, but that's what the case down in Florida. So they're calling it the don't say gay bill, and all it is, no, no discussion of anything sexual. In other words, that Johnny here might grow up to, to uh, be uh, sexually attracted to Mikey. But either way, Ron DeSantis, uh, he talked about it. He pushed back. And uh, he said this. And so you actually look at the bill and it says no sexual instruction in grades pre-K through three. And so how many parents want their kindergartners to have transgenderism or something injected into classroom instruction? Exactly right. Once again, the reason why if uh, President Trump doesn't make the run in 2024, it's got to be this guy. This guy is terrific. He's, he's hitting on all the right issues. 
I loved him when he said that, uh, you know, if uh, the BLM rioters or the Antifa rioters uh, circle you on the street and uh, you're in a car, uh, you have the right to run them over, to get the hell out of there. He I said, that's my that. man right there. Yeah. Uh, that and, and the, the fact that uh, store owners can shoot looters on sight without fear of uh, criminal persecution, prosecution afterward. And, of course, then we have uh, the Ukrainian war. And uh, because there's so much out there, we played a lot this morning. But uh, uh, the, my favorite clip of the morning, and that's why I'm going to play it again now, was this UFC fighter from Arkansas. He owns a farm, 40-acre farm. He's got cows. He's got pigs. And he doesn't know much, but uh, he just had donated half his purse to a, a, a children's hospital. And then in the, pre, uh, the post-fight interviews, some reporters saw fit to ask this kid, for some reason, his thoughts on the Ukrainian, uh, the, the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And this kid made more sense than any politician I heard. Listen to him. Here's my first thought is I'm not going nowhere to fight none of these wars for these politicians. I'm staying at home, and when the war comes to Arkansas, I will dig my boots in the ground, and I will die for everything I love, and I will not retreat. But I'm not going overseas to fight. I don't know what's going on, to be honest, brother. I really don't. There's so much stuff, and I don't think nobody knows what's going on fully. There's been so much political corruption in that area. You got Biden and his son making a ton of money and using our tax dollars to bribe their people. That's treasonous in my opinion. He shouldn't be giving our tax dollars to that country anyway. We got veterans out here sleeping on the street and you're going to give our freaking tax dollars to these Ukrainians and brother, I don't know what's going on over there, but I'm not going over there fighting and God bless anybody that's over there fighting and I hope that this just gets solved and man, I don't like war. We just don't know what's truly going on over there and I just I pray all those people are safe. And we don't believe the people at the top anymore. Our military-industrial complex, we don't believe them. They've lied. They screwed us over, Vietnam, Iraq, Afghanistan. Uh, so uh, the kid's got good instincts, even though he doesn't know anything. And by the way, they impeached Trump for trying to find out about that uh, corruption That's right. between uh, the Biden family and the Ukrainians. Uh, well, Zelensky was involved to some extent. And, uh, of course, Burisma, Russia, you got uh, Hunter getting $3.5 million from the mayor uh, the mayor's wife of Moscow, believe it or not, the mayor of Moscow's wife, I should say. My last final uh, f- uh, clip of the day, second uh, favorite of the day, was this Ukrainian soldier who's not happy with uh, the broken promises of the West toward his country. Remember, they gave up nukes, did, uh, did Ukraine, in 1994 in return for assurances, uh, security insur- assurances, just like what's happening now, except they're not get- getting uh, what I think they expected. Uh, anyway, listen to this guy. It's entertaining. You know, this is for laughs. Take it away, Lou. I want to say that your president, Biden, your president, Trump, your president, also Obama, they are bull f***ing liars because they don't want to have any business with Russian, but they have business. The Iranian ore, aluminum, come to your countries. You're afraid to clear our sky because you're afraid Russians. You're a nation of the liars. We give our nuclear power for your guarantees. Your guarantees is nothing. We have many hundred dead children. Children, not people, children. I don't know where is my family nowadays. But you say about the sanctions. Your sanctions do not save our lives. You're afraid the Russians? That's why you are not, you're nothing. You are not superpower country. <laughs> you bull****. Excuse me, but it's true. You're not superpower country. <laughs> You're bullshizzle. Excuse me, but it's true. Uh, that was great. That, that was, was terrific. Great. I I appreciate his frustration. I mean, 
<laughs> what's happening over there is so heartbreaking. It's terrible. And uh, I don't know. I don't trust this administration. I don't trust them to run a damn hot dog stand. Things can get out of control really, really fast. Now it's time to beat Bernie. It's time to beat Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. You think you can beat Bernie? Good luck. It's time to beat Bernie. Let's play beat Bernie. We've got uh, John. Oh, this guy's called before. John from Germany. I know his brother played on uh, Friday, but uh, John's a retired colonel. He's called us from Germany before, I believe. Yeah, well, he called us this morning, and he said, hey, can I, I really want to play Beat Bernie. Yeah. Can I call back? Right. So we said, yeah, give us a call back at 930. Yeah, he's called before. Uh, in, I forget if he's in Berlin or Munich. I forget. John, good morning. How are you? Hey, Sid. It's great to hear you. How are you today? I'm great. Great to hear you. Now, you've called us before live from Germany, yes? Hey, believe it or not, it was over a year ago, just before Purim. Uh, yeah. Purim, so uh, happy Purim to you and all the Jewish listeners. But I'm Eric from Tampa's brother, so you're, Bernie's going to get a brother tag team on a Friday and a Monday. How's that sound? That is, um, Eric did a very nice job on Friday. We had a great conversation. I remember talking to you, John, around last Purim. And uh, are you in uh, Munich, Berlin, uh, Frankfurt? Where are you? Uh, close to Frankfurt. So, close to Frankfurt. Yeah, That's still right. over here supporting the Army and taking care of soldiers and family and their mental and spiritual health. You ever coming home? Are you going to stay there the rest of your life? Uh, yeah, we'll be here for a couple more years. Things are obviously a little busy here. There's a special military operation going on over here. I don't know if you heard about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit. miles from where I am. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> you, uh, you close at Merkel? You guys hang out? You go out, have dinner, the whole thing? Uh, she's retired now, so the new guy, you know, for a socialist, he's standing up pretty strong. Really? Um, you know, he, he's really surprised a lot of people and just trying to keep NATO together here and everything. And, uh, you know, it's so funny listening to you and my brother talk about Kansas City and the mob. Yeah. I, uh, I actually dated a mob boss daughter when I was in high school. It scared my family half to death. And I'll never forget the father talking to me and say, hey, Johnny, are you Italian? I said, no, sir. Are you sure, are you sure you're not Italian? But, uh, <laughs> That's true. I, I had no idea way back then the, uh, you know, the, the, the Kansas City, how big it was with the mob. And that restaurant, I've been told by everybody, all the mobsters all over the country love it there. Forget the name of it again, but it was, uh, it was a great experience. I, I think it closed, though. That was kind of sad. I think it closed a few years ago. Hey, um, this year in Jerusalem, Sid... This year in Jerusalem, baby, we're going to make this happen, aren't we? First time. Hey, I'm taking a small private group of friends from Kansas City to Israel in September. I'm linking up with them down there. And, uh, you know, either Germany or Israel, you know, I'll take care of you guys if you ever want to visit. Well, that's but, awesome. Uh, well, yeah. I may take you yeah, up on that. I can't that. wait to do it. And got some prayers for Bernie at the end of this game. But uh, last time he got me 5-4, so I'm really looking forward to this. And it's just so fun to talk to you guys. Um, like my brother, I'm one of those one percenters. Obviously, things are busy. But um, if you guys are number one in New York, you know you're number one in the country and you're number one internationally, as Larry Kudlow says on WABC, throughout the galaxy. So keep up the good work, and we love you guys. And uh, all the international callers, I hope they can call it. All the international listeners, it would be nice if they could call in and play with you guys and talk too. Well, that's great, John. Thank you so much for all those kind words. You'll have a chance to talk to Bernard in a couple of minutes. Let's get today's game underway, your second opportunity to beat him. Number one, tanks made their debut on the battlefield during World War I battle, during which 
World War One battle tanks making their debut on the battlefield. Was it the Marne or the Meuse Argonne? It was wrong. You two-legged bag of anthrax. It's actually the Battle of the Somme. Uh, number two. Oh, okay. Which Midwestern Turn United? Yes. Which Midwestern United States capital city translates from French as "for the monks"? Uh, I wouldn't know this. <laughs> for the monks. Yeah. Not mu- Not Munich, obviously. No. Nope. Um, Ah, I, I don't have that one. Tough either. one. That's a tough one. That would be uh, Des Moines, Iowa, for the monks. Number three, John. What Secretary of State turned president would you find on the front of a two dollar bill? Two dollar bill. Was that Jefferson? Yes. Very good, John. In the eighteen forty eight presidential election, who became the fourth and final president to be elected representing the Whig Party? 1848, 1848, the Whig Party, yes. Is it Fillmore? Yes! Nicely done, John. And number three, actor Carrie, how do you say this person's name? I know who this is. Elways. Number five there, Elways. Elways. Thank you, Louis. Lou Ruffino. Actor Carrie Elways referred to Senator Ted Cruz as, quote, a rodent of unusual size after he was referencing what famous movie during his presidential campaign? What famous movie? Tough one, very tough. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't know one. either. Uh, the movie well, is the Princess Bride. So last time, John, you lost five to four. This time, Bernie only needs three to win today. But this is a much tougher game. We'll see how Bernie does. He's back with us right now. The great Bernard McGurk. Good morning, Bernie. Sid, Sidney Arthur Rosenberg. What the hell is going on? <laughs> three what to is win. happening? I remember this guy we spoke to uh, last year, Bernie. He was in Germany. And um, anyway, long story short, he was on with you and I. I remembered him. His brother, Eric from Tampa, played you on Friday. Now he's playing you on this Monday live from Frankfurt. Oh, they tag teaming me, huh? Yeah. Isn't that cool? Well, you, right. you beat them both both times. So three right you win today, okay, buddy? Let's do it. Tanks made their debut, Bernie, on the battlefield during what World War One battle? Uh, what World War One battle? The tanks, I would say... I would go with the Somme. You're unbelievable. You are unbelievable. It's just unbelievable. I would go with that, yeah. Let's go with that. Yeah, let's go with what Bernard says. Well, it wasn't for Dunn because, uh, well, I'll explain that to you later. Boy, he's a smart kid, this kid. Uh, Which Midwestern United States capital city, Bernie, translates from French as, quote, for the monks? Midwest capital? Yes. For the monks. For the monks. Uh... Gee, I, I don't know. I'd go with. Uh, I'm just going to pick a capital. I don't know. I, Indianapolis. Not, not, not terrible. You're close. Actually, Des Moines, Iowa, would be the answer. Number three, Bernard. What Secretary of State turned president would you find on the front of a two-dollar bill? Secretary of State turned president. That would have to be uh, Thomas Jefferson. That's right. All right. One more. You win in the 1848 presidential election. Who became the fourth and final president to be elected representing the Whig Party? 1848? Yes. Uh, that was, uh, let's see, that was just before Buchanan. Uh, that would be after Zachary Taylor. <laughs> oh, my God. Who the hell was it? <laughs> the fact that you got those I two. know. It's just beyond ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I'd, have to go with, uh, I'd have to go with Millard Fillmore, oh. my guess. <laughs> Why are we bothering? <laughs> 
<laughs> it's unreal. It's a, just a complete and total guess. Wow, that's a great guess. Yeah. Now, you've already won today's game. You're up 3-2. to two. Your chance to win 4-2 to two ends with this. Actor Carrie Elways referred to Senator Ted Cruz as, quote, a rodent of unusual size after he was referencing what famous movie during his presidential campaign? Uh, rodent of unusual size. Yeah, I didn't know this. Uh, I just don't know. Neither did I. No, uh, no it's a great movie. movie. You guys got to see the movie. Yeah, it's called The Princess Bride. Is that is that Steve Martin? Who was that? No, that's, no, that's um, Rob Reiner. Yeah. Oh, is that right? Okay. I believe yeah. so. And anyway. What's her name? The chick, uh, the chick from uh, House of Cards. Oh, she's pretty. Yeah, I forget her name. I forgot her name, too. Anyway, Bernie now has beaten John twice, Eric once. That family not boding well against Bernard. 3-2 to two the final score today. Bernie, say hello to John out in Germany. Hey, uh, John, Alvita's I'll, I'll name would be uh, goodbye or goodnight. So let me say good morning. Yeah, it's, uh, it's actually in the afternoon here, but, hey, it's great to hear your voice and to play with you again. And I heard my brother there. He surprised me, so hopefully I surprise him. But uh, well fought. I tell you, I'm so impressed with that. Um, and, uh, hey, uh, just wanted to, to dedicate your win for this game to the people of Ukraine over here, just a few hundred miles from where I am, and they're proud, proud and brave, heroic stand for freedom and uh, you know, they're, they're, the Europeans are le- relearning that freedom is not free, but purchased with the blood of patriots. And well it feels like we're living through 1938 and 1939 all over again. It really uh, does. And uh, the, the, those who uh, forget history, the mistakes in history are doomed to repeat them. And uh, pe- most people don't know history. They don't know it. They don't understand it. And that's why, you know, this ignorance uh, allows these types of things to happen. You need to stay strong, peace through strength, never appease. Yeah. And, uh, you know, these, these fundamental uh, tenets uh, go by the wayside uh, when, you know, we, we're, we're in periods of prosperity and all that stuff, and we think, oh, nothing will ever happen to us. Oh, yeah, it can happen, bro. It can happen quickly. Hey, I tell you, I got over here. Um, I came over back and forth for the last 30 years. My fourth time I came over here in 2014, right after Crimea, and I told everybody, I said, this is 1938 Sudetenland. We, we cannot allow this to happen. And uh, here we are. You know, Poland's been invaded now. No, I, I don't want to get anybody scared. I mean, I'm using that metaphorically for history. Right. But understood. You know, the good thing is Putin is now for all the world to see a war criminal yep. that many of us have known for years. Yep. And, and my service in Bosnia and Kosovo show that war criminals can be caught, taken to The Hague and whether it's two or 20 years or death, justice will be served if if we just stand together and stand strong. Because in the animal world, you know, they smell blood or fear, they will attack. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, hopefully it is so he... great to talk to you. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say hopefully he doesn't inflict too much damage in the interim. But listen, it's great to talk to you. Thank you so much for your service. Uh, thanks for listening to the Bernie and Sid Show from Germany and uh, for playing. Thank you so much. Hey, Bernie. International prayers for your healing. Fight the good fight of faith. Never lose hope. May the Lord bless, preserve, and heal you. Thank you for that. That means the world to me. Thank you so much. On the Bernie and Sitcha, 1 800 848 We're going to close the show out momentarily. Beat Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. 
So tomorrow we're going to celebrate uh, National Women's Day. It's National Women's Month, I guess. And uh, Judge Janine's going to be here. She's always great. I had a bump and go to Wednesday now. Judge Janine, Nancy Lieberman, and uh, Cindy Adams. That is quite a trio. Lieberman, wow. Adams, and Janine, along with the author of my book, Johnny Russo and Bo Deedle, all coming up tomorrow, and we'll bump Beningo to um, to Wednesday. And uh, my man, uh, you got a couple of uh, tough days ahead of you, but you've done this now. This is your third time, and and uh, you're here and, and see every day all the love, not just yeah. from me and and the guys here, but all the listeners. And um, I man, it's great. I, I it's great. It. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I'm going to be uh, uh, I'm going to be receiving my third round of chemotherapy. Uh, this week for the next three days, and uh, it takes something out of you. So I will not be doing the show, but uh, I'll be black uh, next Monday. Next Monday. So uh, yeah. today was great. I, I I kind of agree with you. You said during the break to me off the air that Roger Stone, some of the things he said to you and I should make national news. This kid, Josh, who wrote a column about him just a couple of days ago, agreed. So hopefully somebody will pick some of that stuff up. That was actually a, a it was short, but it was very very interesting. Well, we need some people to uh, send it out as well. We need yeah. we need to, as uh, our fearless leader Chad Lopez would say, we need to blast this shizzle out. Yes. <laughs> uh, so uh, that that's what needs to happen. So people are, you know, not necessarily a lot of people listen to us, but a lot of people, you know, that are movers and shakers in the media, they don't, and they need to hear it. They need they need to see it. It needs to be presented to them. And so uh, hopefully it'll be picked up. Great show today. Everybody came up big from which Lowry, certainly Roger Stone, and Epian legend Steve Summers as well. All you guys were great. Obviously, Justin Ellick and Luke Lograno, Jesse, Frankie Diaz with an E, Deb Valentine, Jacqueline Call, Lewis, Big Lou. Louis. Louis. You Let's know face it, Louis. You know it, not Let's know it. Let's face it. <laughs> And, uh, Burn, listen, good luck the next couple of days. I'll be in touch. I'll miss you as always. I Thanks, love you every sir. second of the day. You're the man. I love you as well, my great and talented partner. I appreciate everything. Thank all you. right, pal. That'll do it for all of us here on the Bernie and Sit in the Morning Show. Bernie's song here, too. How about that? Lobano, Mary J. Blige. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at Info at GaboLaw.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident.